DDCO at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's... Oh, it's raining now. everybody and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. And we're bringing you a recap of the uh, September 22nd, 2021 Minnesota Twins at Chicago Cubs game, our last trip to Wrigley Field for this season. Uh, this is episode number 136 of the podcast. Uh, so before we get started with the recap, let's go over our 136 guys. Jack, who do you got? Uh, I have Davey Johnson. Do you, oh, he nice. hit 130, 136 home runs in his career. Do you remember Davey Johnson? I sure do, Jack. Yeah, I remember him as a manager, so I don't remember him as a player. Um, as a manager, he uh, managed the Mets from 1984 to 1990, the Reds, the Orioles, the Dodgers all for, you know, varying amounts of time, you know, usually between two and five years. And then most recently, he managed the Washington Nationals from 2011 to 2013, which means he was probably Bryce Harper's first manager, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know much about him as a player. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he played from 1965 to 1978. Um, uh, he had a weird career. So he hit 136 home runs. But he had he had one year where he had 43 home runs. That was 1973, and then he never hit more than 18 home runs in any other year. So he yeah. he more than doubled his home run his career high in one season, and it never even came close to that again, um, which is very strange. So he had about a third of his home runs in one season, even though he played for 13 years. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, kind of a Brady Anderson effect there. <laughs> They, they don't give, like, yeah, I wish they gave, like, a sample batting average or something of, mm-hmm. uh, of the, like, the, the team. Because, I mean, okay, so, may, like, was he just batting in front of uh, Hank Aaron or something? You know? <laughs> yeah, let's look at that, what, what that Braves lineup looks like that in 1970. That had a shit ton of homers. Uh, or, they had 340 homer guys. Wow, yeah, even and even Dusty Baker was on that team. He hit 21. Yeah. Uh, and then Hank Aaron hit 40. Darrell Evans, 41. Um, yeah, so they they had some, they mashed that season. They were uh, 76 weird. and 85, though. Uh, they finished, uh, yeah, nine games under 500. Eddie Matthews was their manager, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, uh, so they, uh, uh, so that's, that's very strange. Uh, maybe he just had a bunch of protection in the, in the lineup that year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. And he made, he actually, Davey Johnson actually made four all-star teams. Uh, he, he won three gold gloves, so it seems like he was more of a glove man. Um, average not too good, finished uh, with a 261 career average. Um, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a, you know, an unexciting player, almost like the, Almost like the Asdrubal Cabrera of his of his time, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, Davey Johnson, uh, you know, had a second life in baseball as a manager for about you know almost thirty years. Um, definitely most known for his managing the '86 Mets, uh, for sure, um, and just ma- managing the Mets of the like the late '80s. So he had a lot to deal with. Um, oh with yeah, that, with that team, I would I was almost going to pick a guy from the '86 Mets as well, but I, I decided not to. But um, yeah, I think Jack. There's um, is that airing right now? Like the thirty for thirty, like eighty six Mets series. Oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I think ESPN is um, 
is running uh like they're they they're i think it's like a four-part series or something like on the 86 mets i think it's airing right now i'm not sure i know tops is doing like a card uh they're selling some cards in conjunction with with that with that like series airing but um definitely like a very notorious team and uh yeah if you think of <laughs> having to be the manager of that team i mean i don't know like Davey Johnson looked pretty old when he came back and managed the the Nationals in the in the twenty tens, and uh, you know I, I could imagine that you know managing that eighty six team put a lot of like years on him. Sure, I mean yeah, every great every great team has to have a great manager, you know, um, whether it's the you know the eighty five Bears and Mike Ditka who we saw a couple <laughs> weeks ago at the at Wrigley Field, or uh, you know <laughs> right. Phil Phil Jackson or whatever whatever have you the Bulls so. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'll have to check out that series, Jeremy. They used to have the 30 for 30 ESPNs on Netflix, but they don't have them on there anymore. Yeah, right. They have that damn app um, that uh, has everything, which I I subscribed to for two months so I could watch uh, Vanderbilt baseball and then promptly canceled. But it was worth it to uh, – it, it could be worth it to just have access to those 30 for 30s. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I I there was there was like this random. So Davey Johnson ended on the Cubs, uh, his career on the Cubs, and uh, there was like he has a baseball card on the Cubs, and I never knew. I saw it randomly pop up like in a set, um, like a reissue kind of set, and I was like, I was, my mind was blown that he was on the Cubs, and he has a Cubs card. So I, I own that card. He's a guy who signs autographs through the mail still, Davey Johnson, and I, I've nice. been meaning to send that in to him to, to, for him to sign it. Um, so maybe maybe this will jumpstart me doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Let him know he was on the pod. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, who do you have, Jeremy? Well, Jack, I went um, with Aaron Rowand. Oh, sure. Former White Sox, Aaron Rowand. Yeah, former White Sox, former uh, Philly, and former Giant, which I kind of forget about his, his time with the Giants, but he, he has a World Series ring with the friggin' Giants. Oh, um, yeah. Guy owns two World Series rings. Um, uh, so, you know, again, like Aaron Rowan is just one of those guys. Like I, I, He... He he survived in the year in the league six years after playing for the White Sox, but totally seemed like a total like White Sox guy, uh, for sure. Um, you know, definitely he was on the 05 World Series championship White Sox. Um, one of the more notable things that he like that he's known for. Uh, this is this gives you a glimpse into like Aaron Rowan's like like the story of Aaron Rowan as a baseball player. The the thing he's probably most known for is smashing his face into the wall in Philadelphia. Do you remember sure. that, Jack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Dan Bernstein on the score used to say, like, he used to, like, posit it like he did it on purpose. Like, like he just, like, he, like, had a choice to hit his face against the wall or not, and he chose to, like, just let it smash against the wall and just break <laughs> his face. And, you know, there's pl- if you Google it, there's plenty of pictures of him, like, with friggin' tape on his nose and his eyes are all, like, bruised and, and cut up and stuff. I mean, the guy just seemed like a complete baseball bonehead. Um, who would like you know smash his face against the wall and be like, oh damn, I smashed my face against the wall. Um, one of the other thing that I that I remember about Aaron Rowan, and if Mark Bubblebath was on this podcast, he could second this. But I remember watching a game on Fox when they would just they would like they would show like his stats, and then below it they would have like one a one line fun fact, and it said like favorite band Lincoln Park. And it's like that's all you that's all you need to know about Aaron Rowan. His favorite band is Linkin Park, and it's like, ugh, God. Like if I if I didn't already hate this guy, like now I now I have one hundred percent fuel to, to to hate him. So that's really all I got to say about Aaron Rowan. Uh, he hit one hundred thirty six career home runs. 
273 career batting average. I mean, he was known as like I think he was kind of known as like a you know a good outfielder, a guy who would kind of like lay out for the ball. He did win a Gold Glove in 07. Not sure if that was the same year he smashed his face, but uh, maybe they they gave it to him for that. But um, yeah, I think he might have smashed his face in 06 because he only played 109 games that year. But uh, yeah, I'm sure you know. Again, you go to the south side of Chicago and. I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone in their in their house on the south side of Chicago has a shrine to Aaron Rowand. Um, oh but, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's a guy who just doesn't fit into baseball history, other than the fact that he was on the White Sox. Yeah, I, I was watching a White Sox game. Uh, it must have been two or three years ago, but they had they had him in the booth as like right. the third guy for a couple innings, That's and he right. was telling telling an anecdote about how he got his first hit off of his cousin, James Shields. Oh, okay. Um, so the fact that he's James Shields' cousin is another one of those things that tells you all you need to know about Aaron Rowand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I've always been meaning to ask, Jeremy, is is the band Linkin Park, are they from, like, Chicago, and is that why they're called Linkin Park? Uh, they are not from Chicago, um, as far as I know. No, I, I don't think that the, it has anything to do with that. Um okay. They, you know, of course they do spell like L I N K. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was like a, you know, like when people put a Z on on words to make them sound more extreme or something. Definitely, they definitely they went with the more extreme version of Lincoln (laughs) Park. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that yeah, that's that's a good one, Jeremy. And yeah, like you said, uh, Aaron Aaron Rowan, uh, another another one of those guys that only uh, only a White Sox fan would. It's like they say, a face only a mother could love. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like a, a player only a White Sox fan could love. Yeah. Um, nice. So we uh, yeah we went to the Twins versus uh, Cubs game last night. It was the second game of a two game series that the Twins would ultimately sweep. Um, and Jeremy, we. Uh, We'd been talking about maybe sitting the bleachers, sitting in the bleachers for a while now. We'd never done it together for a game. I'd done it once. You'd you'd maybe done it, you know, only only a handful of times. All the games you've been to. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, we we'd been poking that hornet's nest for a while, and we just finally decided to pull the trigger. And so there we were. Yeah, definitely. Just real quick, a, a little bit of like history about the bleachers and stuff. Like so, you know, for for anyone who might not know this, um, you know. The bleachers are like the place to sit in Wrigley if you're if you want to be like a drunk rowdy freak, uh, basically, <laughs> and you don't care about baseball probably. Um, but uh, you know, there's obviously the the history of the bleacher bums in 1969 with the Cubs, um, just shirtless guys, the kind of guys who that Lee Elia was talking about um, at uh, like in his rant um, back in the 80s. <laughs> but uh, which Jack mentioned when we were at the game. Um, yeah. But, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So like. It used to they're, they're they're the bleachers, so they're like the worst seats in the house. Like they're the furthest seats away, you know. Um, and uh, but but the whole like Wrigley Field culture, especially in like the ninety, like in the early two thousands, I would say, um, just got like crazy with like just the world's biggest beer garden and all this bullshit. And so at some point the Cubs were like, oh, like the, the at some point the bleachers were they they are the worst seats. At some point, they were priced accordingly. They were the cheapest seats. But in some, at some point in the in the in the aughts, when it became like the world's largest beer garden, and people wanted to sit in the bleachers because they wanted to get drunk and fucking like grope women and stuff, um, they like you know they're like it, they got super popular, and the Cubs were like, oh well, we should charge more for these seats. So now they're not. They're like. They're, I think that I want to say they're like the the fourth highest, like fourth most expensive tickets uh, section in the ballpark. 
Um, and so like, it's just a no brainer to not sit out there if you actually care about the game and want to watch. Um, but, uh, we did end up getting our tickets for 10 bucks each, uh, which is a steal for, uh, for Cubs bleachers tickets. Um, but, but yeah, like, so I, I did, I would send the bleachers as a kid, um, a, a little more frequently, uh, because, um, there was uh it was it was a cheap ticket i remember going to like a double header and getting a bleacher ticket for like nine dollars and getting to see like you know two games uh but but yeah i haven't seen the seen the bleachers since opening day 2004 i believe ho- the home wow. opener in 2004 so that's and you know i've been to hundreds of games since then so yeah uh the county stadium they used to sell bleacher tickets uh for five dollars up in milwaukee so um you know yeah like you said they were priced accordingly but uh, it, it became sort of in vogue to sit there. Uh, uh, so there, there were very few people at this game, though. It was a Wednesday night game. It started at 640 instead yep. of the usual 705 or 710, which I think threw a lot of people off. It was the first day of fall, um, which meant that... Uh, and and, and it, the weather uh, acted accordingly. It was, it, was chi- it was chilly. It was maybe 60 degrees tops, uh, but it was windy. So you know, we we both had uh, we both had jackets on, um, and we had to bundle up. And so the bleachers eventually ended up filling up pretty much, but the grandstands were empty. Um, the the announced crowd was twenty four thousand plus, but it was it seemed a lot smaller than that. Um, uh, and and of course they were playing the Twins, who were not a draw. So it was it was kind of the perfect storm of things to uh, you know to make a small crowd happen. Yeah, for sure. So. Um... We uh, did the thing again where we arrived separately. Um, I mean, so the one, you know, one, there's a there's a couple um, like pluses to sitting in the bleachers or like like there's a couple pros to sitting in the bleachers that, that it has going for it, which we'll talk about uh, herein. But um, the first one was like, you know, I it's like obviously during BP, players are launching uh, balls into the bleachers and over the bleachers and whatever. So it's a good place to, to go and, and try to catch some BP home runs. Um, turns out that when the, the wind is like gusting like 20, 30 miles per hour in, uh, from the left field corner, um, it's not a great time to catch homers and only I, so, but I wanted to get there early to try to catch some BP and, uh, Jack was, um, I think on his way back from work. So I, I got to the game early again, uh, kind of when gates opened and uh, I got there and the twins were taking BP and, um, yeah, there just like, wasn't, uh, they're just you know, there would be balls like launched that looked like they were going and then the wind would just completely knock it down. Um, two of the guys who were there, who we've spoke, I, we've at least spoken about one of them. I'm not sure how much we've spoken about the other one, but, uh, two of the guys that were there were kind of like two of the modern day bleacher bums. One of which that we, we spoke of, uh, earlier this season, uh, my tie guy was there, of course, as to be expected. Um, another guy who was there was uh, bleacher Jeff, uh, who's I, Jack, have we talked about bleacher Jeff on the podcast? Um, you, you may have mentioned it, but I don't think I ever had any idea who you were referring to. Sure. Um, yeah, he's just, he's a, he's a bleacher, he's a bleacher bum. He, um, sits like right at the curve in left field where that, where it kind of like curves back out and the, the rows thin out. There's like that Hornitos fucking tequila Hacienda, whatever it is. So that's like right next to it. But there's like this one sliver of, of bleacher seats where like one or two people can sit and he always, he always sits right there. Um, as we'll, as we might talk about later, um, he, uh, you know, he's, he has <laughs> nice access to the, to like the video screen for, for rally cries. Um, huh. so there's that, um, 
but but yeah, so he's he's a, he's a mainstay for sure. And um, I wasn't sure if he was like best friends with with my Thai guy. Seems like they're not that that close, but um, they were you know they were they were around prowling the outfield or prowling the bleachers during BP. So I kind of camped out uh, behind him. I so so here's the thing. So like I know of Bleacher Jeff because um, it's it's a whole like lineage or whatever, but like. Uh, basically, like a couple years ago. Okay, well, first of all, me and Jack saw uh, the comedian Brody Stevens a couple, like several years ago at, at the Up Comedy Club. Um, we've talked about this before, uh, like R.I.P. Brody. Um, but he was uh, he was a comedian who also formerly played baseball. He's like best friends with Mike Borzello, the like you know one of the kind of bench coaches, defensive strategist coaches, whatever for the Cubs. Um, so Brody was around the team a lot. Um, and he would like hang out in the bleachers and he ended up becoming friends with like bleacher Jeff and these other guys. And so when Brody passed away a couple years ago, the team made up these t-shirts for Brody. I was, I, I, I was a big fan of Brody Stevens and the Cubs. So like I got, I found one of these shirts online and I was wearing it. Then I was, I, I wore it to a game and some guy like stopped me and he's like, Whoa, Hey Brody, like, you, you know, nice shirt. And he was wearing one too. And so I got to talking to the guy and his name was like bleacher Tony. And he's friends with this guy, Bleacher Jeff. So we got to talking and like, turns out like I have a lot of mutual friends with Bleacher Jeff from like, but like high school friends, it's kind of odd. Um, and so, so he was in the bleachers taking BP. Um, I did go up to and talk to him. Like I, I introduced myself, but we didn't, that, that comes a little bit later, but first, you know, BP was happening. And so like bleacher jeff was kind of in his spot with with his mitt and he he's got so to explain like what bleacher jeff looks like he's got like long curly hair like a big kind of like a bushy beard and he wears like these sunglasses i mean he looks like a bleacher bum like uh he he looks like the quintessential party animal you know he he looks like the type of guy who would show up at a party and and just like immediately have a beer and you know and be like the quote-unquote life of the party like that's how he gets that's how he gets his like you know uh, validation or what have you. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, he was, he's just kind of like, uh, a mainstay out there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, they were like, so like, so, and then my tie guy was like a section over, like kind of like closer to center field, but the whole time the two of them were like yelling to each other, communicating. And they're like, yeah, that wind's knocking it down. Like, my tiger was like, the wind's knocking it down, man. Like, you know, like, that ball's dead. Man, that ball was going, but it died. It died. Like, it was going, but whatever. And, like, so they were, like, um, uh, yeah, they were just, like, kind of yelling back and forth to each other. Um, and it was kind of funny because they were not – they were, like, a good, like, I don't know, like, 50 feet away from each other. And they're <laughs> yelling. And there weren't that many people in the bleachers. But they were still, like, you know, yelling at each other. Uh, so it was kind of funny. Um, I think it should be said that my tie guy was wearing an alternate Cubs jersey with with my yeah. tie guy on it. I've sure. only ever seen the, the the home white jersey with my tie guy on the back, but he, he has alternates. I'm not sure if he's going to get the Wrigley City Connect one or if he has if he has a road jersey. My tie guy also had these weird he so you know the, you know those wristbands sometimes you get if you go into a bar for a special event yeah. or you're at like a, a festival or whatever, and they give you a wristband. My Thai guy was wearing, like, 30 of those wristbands around his wrist, or, you know, yeah. or even, like, ones you get at a hospital. What? And I don't know <laughs> if he I don't know if he took them off and put them back on or, like, if he was just, had just been wearing them 
just until they fell off. At one yeah. point, one of the wristbands just fell off, and it it, it was just kind of laying there on the on the cement. And it was it was kind of gross. Like I I didn't want to I didn't want to like touch it with my shoe. It it like it looked like so it looked like it had been like taken apart and then put like put back on. We we did speculate like does he just take those off and put them back on and. I was thinking if anyone would do that, it would be a Mai Tai guy. But <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know those crappy those like but 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 you can't just take those and put them on. Like I so I posited that he like cut them and then retaped them back on or something. But like there was like I feel like there was like fifty of them like on his wrist. Um, and it's like yeah, it's like the ones that you get like if you go to a concert and then they check your ID. Uh, and then you get the wristband. So then when you go buy a beer, you just have to show the wristband. It's like it's it's crazy. Or you get it if you yeah if you like you know, go to a carnival and you get like unlimited rides or something, you get that wristband. So it's, it's absurd. Um, but yeah, one fell off almost as if like he did kind of reattach them. So I don't know what the deal was, <laughs> was up with those wristbands, but, uh, d- just another chapter of the Mai Tai guy, uh, onion, I guess another layer of the onion. Um, <laughs> you know, Jeremy, while, while we're still on these two guys, I know we're yeah. going to talk about Jeff, Jeff a little bit later, but you, you raised a really interesting point. Um, cause I think I had asked, like, I, I wonder what, wonder what the guy does what is like what does bleacher jeff do for for a living and then you know you, you made the point because we we had seen him drink at least a couple of beers yeah uh and then he also ate something too uh he had like a hot dog and the beers and the bleachers are at least ten dollars a piece yeah um so to have a couple of those and then to buy your ticket too which you know we got the cheapest tickets possible and those were ten bucks but um, he's no you know, doubt I can't, a season ticket holder yeah so. yeah definitely so it, it just that that adds up you know, that's like sixty or seventy dollars a game at least times, times you know yeah. times eighty one or however it, you know, however many he's going to, which must be which must be every game. Uh, so I just I don't understand like that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of extra cash just laying around to like to get drunk at a Cubs game. Um, so <laughs> yeah. like that that's just kind of adds on to that Lee Elia rant. <laughs> right, yeah. And and the mystique of, of Bleacher Jeff and uh, Mai Tai guy just in general. Right. Um, yeah, so it, it was interesting. Um, one thing, one one of the, one thing like that Bleacher Jeff did during BP, which is kind of funny. Um, there was a guy out in uh, left field who I wasn't sure who it was, and it turns out he would come in the game later. But it was Jake Cave. Um, so Jake Cave was out in 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 left field like shagging balls. He came out a little bit later, uh, but some guy stepped in the box and like. We were getting a lot. We were all getting like a little frustrated because no one was hitting homers, but but rightfully so. It was it was really windy. Um, but at some point, some guy steps in the cage, and Bleacher Jeff goes like, "All right, let's see what you got, meat." And, and, <laughs> and Jake Cave turned around, and he's like, "You're dropping meat on him, like right oh, away." Oh man, that happened. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he's like, "You're dropping meat on him right away, like that." Like he didn't even like get a chance to take a swing, and, and Bleacher Jeff called him meat. And Jake Cave like <laughs> kind of stood up for the guy a little bit, but he was also laughing at it too, which is a pretty funny moment. Um, so yeah, who was, so, who was the guy? Wait, who was the guy who was at bat? I don't, I don't know who it was. It, it was oh, a righty, um, but uh, I honestly don't know who it was uh, because they were so far away and they were wearing their warm ups. That's one of the frustrating things about watching BP is unless the guy is really, um, you know, no discernible. Like I could tell when Ostadio was in the cage because he has he definitely has a unique look. Uh, so I'm not sure. It could have been Brent Rooker. Um, it could have been shit, man. I don't know. I, I if I had a guess, I think it might have been Brent Rooker, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, that's um, funny, Jeremy, because because you know we we haven't really explored this as a as a thing to call guys, but 
but meat is a classic uh, <laughs> yeah. thing to, thing to call pe- to, to call baseball players. Um, I'm like, hey, Jake Cave knew it. He knew that that's one of the ultimate insults, and yeah. you know, he called Bleacher Jeff out on it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So, um, so yeah, so that was that was that was a that was a moment. Um, another like observation I had um, from from the Bleachers. This is still all before Jack showed up. Is that so? So you got Bleacher Jeff and and my guy yelling to each other like like. A whole section over from each other um but like the the security guards there are also like their own kind of unique brand of of employee like i mean listen i i get it like you work there every day over the summer like you spend a whole summer with these people um sometimes like you know six seven days in a row like um for for a handful of hours um you get to like you know you you, you become friendly with people but like the the bleacher security guards are like kind of roaming the the bleachers as well and they're like yelling to each other and having conversations too and like they're almost like um like what what the bleacher bums are to the regular like fans they are like what they are like what the bleacher bums are to like the security guards like they're just like they seem kind of like oddball guys who are working the bleachers and like they're like joking around and they're telling stories and like um there was this family from oklahoma and um they were like there was there was a guy the guy who was kind of stationed in that corner in like the the like lower uh, left field corner I guess or like you know by that by that little curve right there um, he was like talking to these people and they were in the front row and then this other guy like walks by and uh, he goes like the the guy down low yells to the guy who are, was higher up who seems like he was like a maybe their their manager or something or their supervisor he's like hey Bill how you doing and then he's like. I'm all right, John, or something. And he's like, hey, Bill, we got Gary's friends over here. And he's, and he's like, then we got some people from Oklahoma over here. And then uh, then the guy goes like, yeah, Gary said these guys can do whatever they want. And and then the, the <laughs> friends were like, yeah, yeah, he said we could do whatever. And then the, the guy, the higher up guy is like, oh, is that right? He's like, well, I better go talk. I'm going to have to go have a talk with, with Gary. And uh, And like they laughed or whatever. And then he's like, and so you guys are from Oklahoma, huh? And this is like being yelled over like 15 rows of seats. Um, and, you know, no, no, not too many people were there at the point at that time. But they're yelling to each other, whatever. And um, they're like, yeah, they're from Oklahoma. And, and the guy goes, the manager guy goes like, I'm never driving through Oklahoma again. And they're like, why? why what happened? And he's like, me and my wife, we bought a new RV. We were taking our maiden voyage from Chicago to Texas. And we drove through Oklahoma. And the dang thing tipped over. And they were like, "Why? Why did it tip over?" And he's like, "Tornado." <laughs> what? And, and it like makes no sense. And like, and so like, and so, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we don't like." So I'm never driving through there again. And they're like, "No, Oklahoma's great." They're like, "You can drive 75." And then uh, the guy, the guy, the lower uh, security guard, he like looks at me and he's like, <laughs> "Well, we drive 75 here too, but the cops just don't see it or something." And everyone's just like <laughs> bullshitting and like just yelling at each other, and it's it's kind of chaos. But of course, that's what you expect in the bleachers. I didn't necessarily expect it from the security guards, but again, I think this will like this will uh, play in later on. But it's like <laughs> the. Um, the like loose nature of these security guards is maybe the reason why some of the antics in the bleachers tend to tend to happen. 
Well, um, you know, Jeremy, we, we've talked about, we hadn't really noticed this till we started looking for it, but uh, there's that there is, you know, confirmed because I ended up talking to a guy who did concessions at, at baseball games for the Sox and Cubs mm. um, that there is a hierarchy of vendors. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so I, I don't know why the same thing wouldn't hold true for like the ushers and security guards as well. Yeah, that's true. And, um, and you would think that like, you think the people on the low end of the totem pole would be stuck in the bleachers because they're going to have to deal with the most rowdy people. Um, in fact, Jack, you, you reminded me that the guy, the lower guy was talking to the Oklahoma people and he's like, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good job. And he's like, well, you know, one of my worst days here though was, uh, a Cubs white Sox game where there was a two hour rain delay. And he's like, not only did the people, uh, show up drunk, but they had two extra hours to keep getting more drunk. And he's like, he's like the whole game, we were marching people to the front door. And, oh man! And uh, yeah, I could imagine. I kind of felt his pain. He was like, "Yep, it's pretty good, except for that one day. It was really bad." Um, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But um, so so yeah. So just like you know, just general antics are going on. The game's starting to get uh, starting to, to to get like warmed up. Um, uh, you know, Kyle Hendricks and Robinson Chirinos, the starting battery for the Cubs, they make their way out to like right in front of the bleachers. And they're like they start like warming up and long tossing. For some reason, Bleacher Jeff was calling Kyle Hendricks Carl Hendricks, and like really loud. He's like, "All right, Carl, let's get him, Carl." And almost like if it was antagonistic. And sure. I'm not sure what to. And you could imagine that he does that every time Hendricks goes out to warm up, which <laughs> Hendricks is a pretty mild mannered guy. I, I I can only imagine like every five days he's like, "Oh man, like." people are going to be yelling at me like while well, I'm just trying to stretch and get ready for this game. Maybe that's why he right. has, maybe that's why he's been having first inning problems this season. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, but so Chad Noble is like the bullpen coach or I think, um, or a bullpen catcher and uh, Bleacher Jeff is friends with him. He was, he was telling me about this before the, uh, before the game started. And um, they, one of the things that the Cubs do uh, at, like before the game starts is they, they play that one song. It's like, Let's go, do 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 do, batter up, do 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 do. We're taking the afternoon off. It's a beautiful day for a ball game, like that song. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, it ends with like, uh, it just ends with like a flourish, like uh, at the ball game today. And uh, and it's it's like at the very end, there's like a crack of the bat, and like the crowd cheers. So it's like, ba 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 ba, right? And so people cheer, and so like. It's kind of funny because so like while they were singing that song, like Bleacher Jeff was saying to like Chad, he's like, Chad, what are we gonna do? And then like in the lyrics are like the lyrics are like, you know, we're gonna get a hot dog or whatever. And like he was like he was like hype manning the song up to Chad Noble. But then at the end, like how I said, like it kinda comes to a crescendo and then there's like that that single bat hit, like sound effect. It's kinda funny because like when that happened, Chad Noble pantomimed the bat swing. And like, like in perfect time with with the song. Like, if you can, if you can picture what I'm saying. Sure, um, yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of funny. Um, and so then another thing, like you know, the guy hears that song 81 times a year, um, and he's been with the Cubs for for many seasons. So he he knows that song probably like the back of his hand, and like you know, trying to make it interesting for himself um, by doing like the by playing along with it. So that was kind of that was kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't expect uh, Chad Noble to like be interactive with that song, so that was just another little thing that you saw in the bleachers that you don't really. I'll, I'll be looking for that. I'm going back to the Cubs game uh, Sunday, so I'll look for Chad Noble to do that again. See if the see if he does that. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, Cubs cards. That'll be it. That'll be a good one. Um, Game of the year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I had forgotten the Cubs are, are out of it, but the Cardinals still have something to play for. So, you know, it'll still be still be exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, uh, I I entered the uh, stadium um, uh, and needed a scorecard. So th- there is a, a, a souvenir stand right by the entrance to the bleachers. Um, so I went up to this to this to the stand um, to buy my scorecard. And, uh, you know, I, they're sitting right out there, so I grabbed one, and I was like, hi, Ed. No, no, wait, I hadn't grabbed one yet. So the, the lady was, like, on a ladder with her back to me and, like, putting hats up, uh, you know, in the, in the rack. Um, and uh, I, I was like, okay, maybe this is kind of a bad time for her to be doing this because it's, like, you know, 20 minutes till game time, and you'd think she'd be more focused on selling her product. So I just kind of, like... I just kind of uh, stood there for, like, probably a full minute, and she was taking her fucking sweet-ass time, like, putting these fucking hats up on the on the rack, and it was one of those things where I had to, like, I was going to, like, cough, you know, or, like, <clears throat> you know, or just something to be like, hey, like, I'm here. I've, ha- I've been having this happen recently at a lot of places. Like, at a, I went to a, a taco restaurant the other day, and like you know nobody was at the counter and i just stood at the counter like waiting for somebody to to come in uh and and take my order whatever happened to those like bells that like that guy on breaking bad had where like you could just like you could just ring the bell (laughs) every place should have one of those you know jack this is funny i went to get tacos before this uh recording and um there was no one at the stand or at the at the counter and i was about to yell and then i saw one of those bells and i i dinged it and the person came right out yeah. See. So yeah. There. There you. There you go. Um, I remember. I was at the old. That old Taco Bell in in Wrigleyville. Um, this was probably five years ago or something. And like nobody. I was. I was behind this guy. And like he was. Uh, he was. You know. Nobody was taking his order. And then so he yelled. He was like, "Hey, is anybody working here?" <laughs> and then like. And then uh, you know. Still like nobody. Nobody came. And that that Taco Bell was famous for bad service. And so he turned around to like everybody in the restaurant and he was like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to the McDonald's. And like he was trying to like start this coup in a Taco Bell and like he just he walked out and, you know, and then I placed my order. And then like five minutes later, he came back in. So I don't know. You know, I'll never know what happened at that McDonald's. uh, If if the same thing happened to the happened to the poor guy. if Nobody took his order there. I don't know. But I sympathize with him. So uh, finally, this lady turns around. I don't think I actually made noise. I, I think I just waited for her to turn around. And I was like, hey, can I get a scorecard? She's like, sure. Uh, swipe whenever you're ready. So I was like, okay. So, I, you know, she hadn't hit any buttons on the register yet. So I put my card in. And then nothing happened because she hadn't put anything in the register. But I just I kind of politely waited like an appropriate amount of time. And then I was like, uh, hey, it does, doesn't look like anything's uh, happening here. And she's like, oh, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she hits a button, and then nothing is happening. And so, again, I wait, uh, I wait like an appropriate amount of time, maybe even a, even a longer than appropriate amount of time for her to get her shit together. Nothing is happening. I said, uh, yes, yeah, I still don't, st- still nothing, nothing happened in there. She's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she hits another button, and then it finally rings up. Jeez. But this entire transaction of me trying to get the scorecard literally probably took about three minutes with nobody else there and just like me waiting for her to turn around and then like her not hitting the butt like a button twice it's like yeah. come on 
Come on. Maybe maybe it's it's true for the although we've had we've had some bad luck uh, at vending stands at, at Wrigley well, Field trying to get those scorecards. You know, this is this what this means what this says is that like bring back the friggin' old guys with the stands. Like what the hell? Like there's no reason why you should have to like stand go to a, a like a, a, a like a souvenir stand to get a scorecard. Like that's what the the purpose of those guys were. Like just they they were quick. Like they were old, but they were quick. Um, like you, you it's like one scorecard. You drop down your your money, and then like they pass it to you, and then that's it. That's it. You're done. Like I I hope to God they bring those guys back next year, but I don't think they are. It's like I don't think they're gonna go back to to cash ever. Uh, at Wrigley. No, um, I mean, and that that's the sad part too is that I had a dollar on me. I, right. I had a couple of singles. Um, and, and those old guys, Jeremy, they were a part of the Wrigley Field experience. And 100%, they've been, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've been they've been taken away. They always had their Cubs jackets on, like those big blue jackets. Uh, it, it was great, you know. Um, and you know that's that's no longer a thing. So I was thoroughly unsatisfied with my uh, scorecard buying experience. Although the scorecard is still pretty good. Uh, it's a cool scorecard. Um, I, I also got a, a hot dog. Um, I tried to order, and and the the woman was like, uh, "This is a you have to go to the kiosk and like press your button." So I couldn't I couldn't actually order oh. from the lady. I had to like go over to a kiosk, yeah. and like order it on the kiosk, a hot dog and a soda, and then like and then they brought it to me. So I was like, "All right, like this is you know whatever." And I okay. was disappointed because Jeremy, you would we'll talk about this in a second, but you you went to get hot dogs. Which is like a famous Chicago hot dog place, but I couldn't I couldn't find anything but those shitty vending stands, and I wanted to just get to our seats because I was excited to go to the the bleachers. So yeah. yeah, I ended up getting a hot dog, and it was good. It was a good hot dog, but uh, it wasn't hot dogs. Yeah, I know. I was feeling bad about that, but then I was like, I'm I'm like I'm pretty sure we've talked about hot dogs before. So like, I don't know. I don't know if you were like weren't really looking to explore or whatever, because I wasn't even sure if they were still there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was like, I told Jack, Jack, you know, this might be a situation where you just like, you know, stuff like, like pile in another, like another hot dog, uh, into your gut because you don't want to miss this opportunity. Um, but yeah, that is true. I did get hot dogs. Well, I'll, I'll go right into that then to dovetail onto your experience, Jack, because, um, because I had a similar experience with the kiosk, which I didn't talk about. Um, but yeah, so Okay, so hot dogs, and we'll try to talk. We'll try to get through this really quick. It's a Chicago institution. It's it's no longer around, but it was a brick and mortar store in Roscoe Village here in Chicago. Um, and and Doug was uh, this guy who was just an eccentric sausage maker, I guess, or or sausage peddler. Um, and he had these like crazy sausages with these crazy combos and toppings, and just just a, it was a whole thing. And um, they were it was just an awesome place and like the sausages were were exotic there was like rattlesnake sausages like elk sausage there was uh alligator um and then they had like more traditional ones that were like 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 a pork sausage or a chicken sausage and then they had just like regular hot dogs and chicago dogs and whatnot and even those were like top notch so like this was a great hot dog stand there would be lines out the door down the block every day um and they were only open from like you know like 11 to 4 or something um so so yeah it was uh it was an institution and um yeah it was just like the place it was just like a cool place to go um but like you did have to you would have to be prepared to wait in line for like at least a half hour um but so so the other thing about Doug is that he's a huge Cubs fan and he's like a 
he's a weird nerdy eclectic guy and so like he would name his hot dog he would name some of the specialty hot dogs after former cubs players um but he would pick like obscure cubs players so anyway like it was a awesome institution jack you were saying like he got offered like how much to i think an- it was like three million dollars to franchise or something yeah and he refused to do it just because like he didn't want the the quality to go down or whatever he just wanted to keep the one location special and then he eventually did like kind of retire or whatever and and close but the only place now where you can get hot dogs hot dogs are at wrigley at wrigley field and specifically in the bleachers so you know, you go to like you, you you go to like as many games as Jack and I do, and you never have the chance to get hot dogs because we always sit in the main uh, bowl. So, um, so anyway, we um, I was like, I knew that there was it existed out there, but I hadn't really heard too much about it in a while. So I wanted to explore. Um, and so once Jack got there, I kind of didn't go before Jack got there because I was kind of saving our seats, even though I didn't really need to. But um, so I, I went exploring and like they have some really nice food offerings in the bleachers. So this is like the second perk of sitting in the bleachers is that you get access to hot dogs. But there was also like a barbecue stand out there, which I don't think exists in the main stadium. Um, I feel like there was like a hot dog hamburger stand with the stuff that you don't see in the stadium either. But finally, I got to the hot dogs. And so the, he had three sausages that he was uh, offering. So there's the less Lancaster. Uh, who was a like a middle relief pitcher uh, back in my day? Uh, Rick Rona, who was like a backup backup catcher, who never really amounted to anything. And then, <coughs> then excuse me, then a Randy Martz, who I, honestly I don't even know who Randy Martz is. I, I would assume he's someone from like the '70s or early '80s. Um, I ended up going with the Rick Rona, which is a smoked Hungarian sausage with smoked paprika mustard and smoked Gouda cheese. Uh, Jack, what did you what did you think of that sausage? Yeah, it. I mean, it looked uh, it looked insane, Jeremy. I think you took a picture of it, but it yeah. uh, it looked. Uh, I was I was jealous. That's what I thought of it. I know. I hate it. I I, I I felt bad like that you weren't experiencing that, especially since you never were able to go to the hot dogs uh, brick and mortar. Um, but uh, hey, I'll say this, Jeremy. Um, yeah. So you got it right before the seventh inning. Uh, not the seventh inning stretch, but right before the national anthem was sung. Yeah. Um, and so you know you couldn't you couldn't eat it until you just you had it sitting on the bleacher. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know this lady, I don't remember what her name was. She had a real nice voice, but she definitely made sure to have her moment with yes. that national anthem too. And it was at the expense of your your hot dog sausage. We I think there was a real concern that that sausage was going to be cold by the time you actually got to dig in. Yeah, for, for, for real. And like, I feel like I was futzing around with some other stuff too, before I even got to do it. And like, yeah, it was like, it was like, damn, like, you know, I, I don't want this thing to get cold. Uh, it, it turned out it was, it was just fine. Uh, it was very messy though, because they, they really load the toppings on and um, it's, it's a nuanced <laughs> sausage. Like you have to eat it a special way. And like, just fucking chowing it down at the, at the Cubs game is not the best best way to do it like it's kind of it's the kind of sausage that you want to fork to have to keep shoving this stuff back on but anyway it was it was friggin good and like you know it was just a regular pork sausage it wasn't even like one of the exotic ones but so damn good um but but yeah so but jack like i i had a similar thing with the the kiosk i went i went up to the thing and there was a kiosk and like it says order to order to like order here touch screen or whatever so i'm like okay well i have to order this but like the guys were just standing around there kind of looking at me and i'm like i just said like order here right and he's like yeah he's like but what do you want <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like uh and i wasn't I'm completely sure but i'm like uh the rick rona 
He's like, that's the one you want? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll get it started for you. And then like he starts, I see him walk right over to the thing and start making it. And then I just start taking pictures of the menu because I wanted to recount like the toppings of what I got because I wouldn't have been able to remember. And then like I take like too many pictures, but I'm trying to get a perfect picture. And then like I kind of stop and I'm just standing there. And then I'm like just looking forward and like the sausage is like sitting there. The guy who made it, I don't know what happened to him. He disappeared. And then, but there's other people standing around still and they're just standing there looking. And I'm like, what, wait, what the hell's going on over here? Like, what, what are we doing? And and I'm like, I'm like, I looked at the guy and I'm like, do I still have to do the thing on the touchscreen? He's like, yeah, yeah, touchscreen, whatever. I'm like, okay. Like, and so then like I I go ahead and I do like, I order the sausage. I order a Coke because I wanted a a Diet Pepsi and uh, I paid. And then it spits out the receipt. I look down the line and it spits out the receipt on that end. The woman turns around. She's like, oh, here it is or something. And then hands it to me. And then that was it. But it was like, I could have stood there for another like five minutes or something. Never like with this, with this line never progressing because no one told me like, hey, now's the time to, to punch through your transaction. So it was just, a, it was just goofy. Yeah, it's 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 a mess, um, and and your your experience at that vending stand almost reminds me of that part in Field of Dreams and Kevin Costner and uh, uh, James Earl Jones are at the Red Sox game and uh, they're having a conversation. Ke- Kevin Cost Kevin Costner goes, "What do you want?" And James Earl Jones is like, "I want peace. I want justice, or whatever." And he goes on this big rant, and then Kevin Costner's like, "No, but what do you want?" And it turns out they're at the vending stand, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll have a, a beer or something." So it's like that's. Kind of reminds me of that. Isn't a lot of people a, hate. Th- oh, oh yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. What were you say? I was just going to say a lot of people hate that movie. Um, uh, it turns out, but uh, yeah, I think they see a Red Sox A's game at Fenway, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Jack, isn't that an odd? Mo- that's like an odd slapsticky moment in Field of Dreams. It's like who? How did that move? How did that? Is that in the book? And like, and like, how? Like, if not, how did that get like inserted into? It's like a, it's like a slapstick scene, kind of. Yeah, it's like a joke that would be in like a Naked Gun movie. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it sticks out like a sore thumb. But um, but yeah, so so yeah, so I got I got the sausage and uh, it was all good. Um, I, I I housed it and like yeah, man, it was uh, it made me miss it made me miss old hot dogs because uh, even the buns are good. Like that's how good hot dogs is. He he uses these like really nice like soft fluffy buns i don't know they're, they're, it was good so so yeah that was awesome so there you go that right there those are those are two reasons to go to to, to the bleachers hot dogs and try to catch a bp homer um but yeah so the game starts up um uh at some point i come back from the food and i see jack talking to uh, bleacher jeff yeah, he, he introduced himself to me. He saw me keeping score, and he was like, oh, yeah, you're keeping score? You do that at every game? And I was like, I was like, I do. He's like, oh, that's good. That's good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to start with this one. Um, <laughs> he, so he basically he shit on the merits of, you know, Twins-Cubs in September of 2021, yeah. which, uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously the, guy, the guy's a baseball fan, so he knows, his, uh, he knows his stuff. He knows there's nothing at stake in this game. He stuck his, like, glove out to me to, like, fist bump me. So, like, I, you know, because he had his glove on, so he stuck it out, and I, I fist-bumped him with his glove on, which is actually a surprisingly COVID-safe uh, thing to do, <laughs> which was which was fun. And so he was just talking to me a little bit. You know, I, I meant to I, – I tried to put uh, a fine point on this, but you know who he reminded me of just in terms of body language and his movement was Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, um, interesting. He was definitely swaying around like yeah. him because he, he constantly had a beer in his hand yeah. and he would just kind of he would just kind of sway and he would he would make sense 
but he would also mumble and slur his words. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, he was definitely he definitely had some some Jack Sparrow in him. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I don't know if Jack Sparrow did this in uh, any of the five thousand Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but at some point, um, this was an odd thing. Like I did, I noticed this earlier, but. Jack was brought into this world like through this action, but at some point, Bleacher Jeff did turn around. By the way, Jack, did he ref- did he introduce himself as Bleacher Jeff or just Jeff? I don't know if he introduced himself or not. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense because I think I told you like I had talked to him already, and then like you, I don't think you. you actually, that was kind of a funny moment. I was like, I'm like. Jack, that's that's the guy I was talking to you about, Bleacher Jeff. And, and Jack said, like, I had a sneaking suspicion that was him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, like, yeah, he, yeah. If, if I showed you a lineup and I said which one of these guys is Bleacher Jeff, I think you'd be able to pick him out. Um, <laughs> but but Bleacher Jeff had this weird Ziploc bag with a bunch of shoestrings in it, a bunch of a bunch of string. And like we looked closer and we found out that it was like shoestrings. And we, it was it was odd. I didn't know why he had it. At some point, he turned around and he put it right in front of Jack, and he's like, "What? Did you hear what he said, Jack?" He, he mumbled something about like he he didn't ask me to watch them for him, but like that was the, the vibe I got that that was something about what like what he yeah. was saying. I, yeah, I think he said something like, "I'm just gonna put these right here, man." Yeah, <laughs> Some, something like that, and it was weird. And like we were like, "Yeah, why do those exist? I don't know. Why does he have them? I'm not sure." Um, <clears throat> And I took a picture of it. I'll I'll have to post all these things to the, uh, to the pod uh, to the uh, Instagram. But um, yeah, it was unclear why he had a bag of shoestrings. Um, it would later turn out, and I had already seen this before, but I didn't put two and two together. But people take blankets or whatever and put them on the bleachers because the bleachers are like cold aluminum. Like they're 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 they can be chilly on a cold day for sure. And they they tie down the blankets with shoestrings to make sure they don't fly away. So that's what they were for. But it took us a good, I would say, six innings maybe to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and I will say that's actually a pretty clever idea to to do that. And I also, if I ever sat in the bleachers again, I would probably bring something to like, you know, kind of cushion <laughs> my ass on those seats because it's not – after a couple of hours of that, it's not comfortable, especially yeah. on a cold day. Um, I could imagine just uh, you would literally freeze your ass off sitting on those <laughs> those those benches. Um, it would yeah. it would not be good. So I, if, if I sit in the bleachers again, I'm definitely bringing some kind of blanket to just sit on. Yeah, for sure. I I brought my like kind of like it, it was my old winter jacket, but I guess it's kind of more like a spring jacket now or a fall jacket. But I brought that and a hoodie. Um, and I, I never had to put the, the jacket on. So I was luckily, luckily I was able to just put the jacket under my ass and sit on that. Um, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, like, you know, it gets windy out there and it was definitely a windy night and your, 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 you know, your, your shit would blow away if it wasn't for these shoestrings. Jack, you almost had like a near blow away experience. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I was holding my scorecard and like I said to you, Jeremy, thankfully it was at a time when I was really gripping my scorecard hard for some reason, but even still there was just a sudden gust of wind and the scorecard almost blew out of my hand. Um, and it, it, it blew with such force and we were in maybe the fifth or sixth row of the bleachers that it easily could have blown onto the field. Um, which, yep. and Jeremy, you mentioned it would have been funny if we would have delayed the game because my scorecard would have got blown on the field. I'll say this, you know, sometimes when people throw something on the field or they run on the field, 
the announcers will not acknowledge it because it's like you know we don't want to give the fool any more attention than you know than he than he uh, he deserves. I think Bob Costas actually literally used those words one time when he was calling a game. But uh, I feel like if like Boog and JD saw a scorecard blow onto the field, they'd be like they'd be like oh that's sad and like they would laud me yeah. for keeping score. I think I think they definitely would actually. So that would be that would be interesting. But it's also weird that you never see anything like that happen. Or maybe they maybe they just don't they don't, they just don't show it. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely like it, it it would not be without out of the realm of possibility that it would blow right on the field. And if it did, they'd have to stop the game. Like the the left the left fielder would have to go grab it and then hand it to like a security guard and like it would just be it would it would be a mess. Not to mention the fact that you would also lose your damn scorecard and depending on what inning it was, you would be like screwed. With, you'd have to either go buy another one or just not have one. And even if oh, you did I, buy yeah, another I, one, yeah, I would buy another one. Yeah, but I would have to copy <laughs> the whole damn thing over, which would be a pain in the ass. Right? Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to copy over from mine. Um, that would be that would that would be bad. I almost lost mine too. Mine got blown a little bit too, but. Uh, I, I again had a good grip on it too, but yeah, that was uh yeah, it was a hairy situation. So definitely, of- and you you were worried that your hat was going to blow off. Yes. Um, and at one point, Matt Duffy's hat did blow off, so yeah. that was a uh, that was it was a thing for sure. Yeah, for sure, windy game. Um, yeah, Jack, there wasn't too much else. Like like honestly, there wasn't too much that happened in game. Um, one thing that did was uh, they did the bone. I think it was the bone of beef, or no, it was like uh, maybe it was like the airlines thing. Yeah, or it was like American Airlines, I think. Yeah, um, and so like if you recall, like they did it once with Kyle Hendricks um, a few games ago, and um, they said like if you could travel to one place in the world, where would it be? And he he picked some place in Southern California, which is where he's from, which was kind of disappointing from from Kyle Hendricks. They had uh, Edbert Elzelai on this time, and he picked a place where they asked him the same question, and he picked a place also in Venezuela where he's from. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how far he grew up from the spot that he picked, but it's like, guys, come on, let's uh, let's dream a little bigger here. Like, yeah, I, Jeremy, if you if you asked me if there was a place where I could live for a year, um, it would be hard for me to answer the question because there's so many. It's, oh, just one year, and if I was rich enough as a baseball player, I could live anywhere. I said, well, maybe. Hmm, like it might be fun to live in the Bay Area for mm-hmm. a year, or like it'd be fun to live in New York for a year. But I probably wouldn't pick New Berlin, Wisconsin, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, or even you or know, like if Racine I was, or some, or Kenosha or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. If I was if I was the Cubs video guy, I'd be like, okay, cut. Like, let's, let's just, let's think, let's think about this question again. Um, you know, you live, you're from there and you live there. Maybe let's, let's think, let's think a little bit bigger here. Um, they did, they did do a bone of beef, uh, one too. And I think it was what, it was, what's your beef. And, you know, we've already seen David Bodie, his, his beef with shopping is shopping. Uh, Ian Happ actually had a good, a good answer for his, um, (laughs) he had like, he said, when something is on the floor and it's sticky and you step on it, that's not good or, or something like something like that. But I'll say that is valid. Like if you've ever stepped in like dry, slightly dried soda um, and you just step in it and it's just like sticky everywhere, there's nothing more like uh, like shocking and gross and like it kind of pisses you off. You're like, oh, like why, why is this fucking floor all sticky? So, yeah, uh, I, I will. I will give Ian Happ credit for a, a good call there. It's a total bummer for sure. And like, <clears throat> I, you know, I used to be like a guy who was like, would get pissed off when like you would come to, you'd go to someone's house and like their parents would like make you take their shoes off, your, your sure. shoes off. But I think about it now, maybe it's been since COVID started or something, but I'm like, 
Yeah, you know, you step in fucking really disgusting shit, and then, like, <clears throat> you walk around your house barefoot, and it's like, yeah, like, I don't, like, like I was, um <clears throat> like, running late uh, the other day to, like, I had to run back in the house to get something, and I ran into the bathroom uh, to, like, look at myself in the mirror or something, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I stepped on, like, the bath mat with my shoes, and I'm like, that's horrible. Cause it's like you step out of, you take a shower, wash yourself off. Then you step on the bath mat. And if I stepped on it with shoes that I was like on the train with or in a, in a fucking public bathroom, that's horrible. That's disgusting. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm attuned to that now for sure. Okay. Yeah. I've never been a guy who makes people take their shoes off. So, uh, I was know. against it. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I, I understand for sure. Do you, do you make people take your shoes off now? In, the, um, in your apartment, I can't remember. I don't think I can't. I don't think I took my shoes off the last time I was over. No, we don't. When we we got, we have this like uh, we have this nice rug in the living room. Um, sure. That we were trying to get people to not step on for a while, um, but it's it's kind of in a spot now where like you don't really have to do that. It used to be where you would like walk in the apartment at our old place step right on it so we well if, if i'm ever, next time i'm over if you ask me to take my shoes off when i come in i'm gonna be like really you're, you're that guy now you're the guy that can ask people to take their shoes off um so one uh one good thing about sitting in 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 the bleachers is that you can heckle the out the visiting outfielder um yep. who's out there have you ever seen that clip jeremy where that guy i think it's at a, a mets game um, or maybe it's at a Braves game. I can't. No, it's at a Mets game, and the Braves are the road team. And Matt Diaz is the left fielder for the Braves, and this this guy for the this Mets fan is like, "Hey, Diaz!" Just the whole game. Have you ever seen that <laughs> clip? Yeah, and then like at one point, you know, they do the da 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 da, and then like the fans clap, and the guy goes, "That's not for you, Diaz." It's uh, I don't know, man. It's pretty good. I'll have to forward it to you. Nice. But the um. Uh, the the left fielder for the Twins, at least who started the game, was Brent uh, Brent Rooker. Yeah. Um, who is a is a rookie. He's got eight home runs. Um, not not one of their uh, you know real lauded prospects. But uh, yeah, so th- there was a Jeremy and I were thinking about possibly making a Michael Rooker joke. Um, he was just in Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, famous famous actor. Some guy was calling him. Roker, as in Al Roker, yeah, and uh, he was like, "Hey, Al Roker, what's the weather gonna be like?" <laughs> and like, the you know, the guy, it's, his name is Rooker. It's not Roker. It, the joke, the joke doesn't really work. It's it's a real stretch, and um, yeah, I mean, like, it's I, I don't know. Like, there was a couple people were yelling a couple things, and Rooker, Rooker did turn around a couple times. Um, I think it was Rooker. Like, someone said, like, "Hey, like, you know." aren't you any good Rooker or something? And like, he turned around and he was like, like, like he kind of like waved his hands. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, be a hot shot or something, but the bleacher Jeff did pick up on the Michael Rooker thing. And he was yelling some Michael Rooker related things. I saw what he did. He pulled up Michael Rooker's Wikipedia page on his phone. And then was kind of like, 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 um, you know, listing off things that he did. And he's like, Hey, you know, you, I hated you in mall rats or something. Like he was like, (laughs) Listing things off that Michael Rooker was in, um, not not the not the best zing um, for a guy, but like um, <clears throat> the yeah the one guy a different guy in front of us was like hey Al Roker and it was just like that's uh, y- you're you're really you're it's a real stretch I guess basically so <laughs> that was that was rough I'll also say about that guy since we're talking about him he uh, he also during um, at some point during the game they showed like on the video board like the um, 
like the special messages, like, you know, dear John, dear Jill, marry me. Like, uh, well, like, Hey Billy, happy 16th birthday, whatever. Like, and the guy turned around and he was just video. He was, he took his phone and was aiming it towards the screen and he was just video. He was like recording the, the screen. And these guys were right in front of us. But at this point, the guy took a couple steps forward so he could see the screen. And I, I, I leaned over to you, Jack, and I said, what could this guy possibly be? Why would this guy possibly be recording the video board? And then I realized that the guy in front of us was was with him. And, I, I, and I'm pretty sure, like, it's very possible that he could have heard me say that. So then I had to be like, oh, yeah, maybe he's got something. Maybe he's, maybe he put a message up there. And I had to, like, kind of, like, cover it up. But I was totally talking shit about the guy. And then I realized his friend was, like, directly right in front of us. And, uh, yeah, for the record, I don't think he had any personal messages on that board. No, um, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, what um, what Cubs game or what, uh, what baseball game would be complete without sitting by some people who are play- paying no attention to the game whatsoever? Um, there, there was a group of about uh, just well, I think it was like ten women and some of their boyfriends, and they 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 all must have known each other from work or just from a friend circle or something. But they were sitting behind us, um, and directly uh, behind y- us. yeah, just directly behind us. Uh, no, no space between you know, no no rows between us. Just directly, directly behind us in close proximity. That's how the bleachers are, um, and. Uh, so Jeremy and I were just talking about the game and trying to watch, and uh, and like this, it's just this cacophonous um, sound of all, all of these people talking, and um, you know, eventually after about five minutes of it, it was one of those things where the sound just kept building and building and had been going on for a really long time, and, and you just don't realize it right away, and all of a sudden Jeremy goes, "This is insane." Um, and it was, it was like, uh, yeah, it, it was like when, you know, when you go to a zoo and you enter an aviary and it's just like, you can hear all of the, you just hear every, all of the noise of all of the animals. Um, yeah, of all of the birds. Uh, and, um, the, the one lady who was like their ringleader, she was like, she was completely turned around her back, her, uh, was to the field. Yep. So she was she was totally turned around, not watching the game at all, just talking to all of her friends. And one of the ushers, who was like a replacement usher for like one of the older guys who must have been had to go to the bathroom or just was somewhere else. Like this lady asked him, she she uh, she, she was like, "Hey, like you need to sit down." And so the you know she the the woman apologized, but it was like these people were not watching the game at all. And Jeremy, you wanted to move actually a couple rows down. So you could, uh, so, so we wouldn't have to sit by those people. Yeah, I think I was like, um, <clears throat> well, because at some point Bleacher Jeff told us like we could move down a row. And I was like, I, I was good right here. I was good where we were, but I was like, let's keep that open in case these people don't stop. It, it turns out like that, that lady who got told to sit down, I didn't see her again. So I don't know if she was sitting directly behind us or what. But yeah, they were just, it was just the loudest fucking gabbing. And like, it was one of those things where like I was telling a story to you or something for a bit. And then, like when that story stopped, I, again, I, I found I found myself like battling to to get over their their wall of sound. And then, like um, <clears throat> once I stopped, I'm like, "This is crazy." And then I, I was feeling bad because I'm like, I was just talking, but like, you know, it's like you you get, it's like, was I as bad as like these people? Like it, it was just it was crazy. And so luckily, well, some, some, yeah, some of them were still there at the end. Luckily, like you know, some of them left, but a few of them were still there. But at no point, even during the exciting bottom of the ninth inning, at no point were any of them paying any attention to the game. No, 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 not at all. Um, so yeah, so that was 
that was the thing. But of course, listen, of course, like if, if anywhere we're in like the wrong, it's it's in this game because like the bleachers, like that's what I would expect for the from the bleachers. I told when we me and Jack like got tickets uh, for the bleachers. I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, and I'm like, this could be like, we could really be, uh, I said, uh, kicking the hornet's nest or whatever, like by, by sitting in there, but you know, for, for material, we thought it could, it could be good. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a thing for sure. Um, Jack, uh, last time we we were at a game earlier in the year where Gio Soto, Giovanni Soto and Aramis Ramirez showed up, uh, this game, uh, Derek Lee was there to throw out the first pitch and he also sang the seventh inning. Yeah, um, Cubs great Derek Lee. Uh, I was thinking about it more, and it's like, yeah, all right, great is a loose term, so it's uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm okay. I would say Cubs very good Derek Lee because he was a very good player. Um, yeah, so his first pitch was fine, uh, but he was singing the seventh inning stretch too. We had speculated like, oh, I wonder if he's going to do it, and you know, Jeremy, you said, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's going to do it. So it was cool to see that him sing it. But so he sang the first like 10 words. He sang, take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. And he had his whole family up there. So he had his wife and he has like, you know, five kids. One of them is a teenager. He's like a teenage boy, probably 15 or 16. Real, real tall kid. Jeremy even speculated. I wonder if he plays baseball. Maybe he does. Derek Lee's uncle was an MLB player. And you said his dad was a scout. So he's, you know, comes from a long line of baseball players. But yeah, he had about five kids ages 16 to maybe seven or eight so he had he had two little daughters who were under probably under age 10 so after he sang that first you know those first couple of lyrics he hands the microphone to his his little daughters and the daughters sing the rest of the seventh inning stretch like Derek Lee at no point gets the microphone back it's just these little girls like singing it like just so he can give them their moment and I I guess maybe this is a vintage rain delay theater thing to complain about but like, hey, buddy, nobody gives a shit about your family and your kids. Like, we're here to see you sing the seventh inning stretch. You're the person people care about. Nobody cares about your family. Like, why? You know, they shouldn't even. Uh, okay, fine, they're here. But like, nobody. I don't care. I don't care less about your family. It's like Mike Mark Adonazio, the the owner of the Brewers. Um, you know, every opening day he would have his father sing the national anthem, and then you know, a couple years ago his father passed away. So on opening day, Mark Adonazio was like, you know, well, it's always been tradition to have my dad sing that. No, it probably sounded like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's always been tradition to have my, you know, my dad sing the national anthem. So this year I'm going to do it. So like he sang the national anthem. But it's like, no, no, nobody gives a shit about your old man, dude. What are you talking about? It's tradition. Like, you're the one who created the tradition. That's it. You can't just create a tradition and then call it a tradition. Um, So, yeah, Derek Lee... He should have sung the seventh inning stretch, not his kids. It was certainly a, a bit of false advertisement, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they could have called it the, the Lee Twins or whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was, um, that was a thing. Um, and uh, I don't know. I guess I, I, I bet they probably had a good interview on the, on the broadcast. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. I, we should, yeah, I, I would be willing to check that out. I bet, I bet that was pretty cool. Unless, unless the interview was with his daughters, also, that, then, <laughs> then we could skip that. But, um, but yeah. So, so the game marches on. Um, you know, the the Cubs like. So we should just say a couple of quick things about the game. Um, yeah, I mean, if we don't mention this now, we we probably won't ever. But we should just say Joe Ryan started the game for the Twins. Um, he had an amazing outing. Uh, he did he did get dinged for two runs um, in the second inning, but definitely righted the ship after that. He ended up striking out eleven guys. 
over five innings of work. He's the only Twins pitcher to ever do that. Um, and then I think the stat was he was <clears throat> one of four pitchers to strike out his last seven consecutive batters, uh, along with Tom Seaver, DeGrom, and Strasburg, I think. Yeah. Um, so he had he had a, a performance, um, not maybe not for the ages, but like definitely like a no, a very noteworthy performance as far as Twins goes, and um, just with strikeouts, like yeah, eleven over five innings, pretty pretty impressive. Uh, also, um, five consecutive looking strikeouts. We still haven't seen any note on that, but we feel like we're, we're trying to find out. Yeah, I've I've never seen that many. Look at uh, looking strikeouts in a row. Um, yeah. f- five in a game would be impressive, but in a row, uh, that's that seems unprecedented to me. Um, that that's freaking crazy. I- I'll say this: the, the guy looked like the real deal out there. Um, it was maybe only his fourth or fifth start. Fourth. Um, but you know, he looks uh, he looks good. Um, you know, he looks like he belongs, and I, I don't understand that trade so he uh he came over to the twins from the rays this year at the trade deadline for nelson cruz um straight up i think um and i i I don't get it like why why in from the Rays' perspective why would you trade a pitcher who you have six or seven years of control over who's going to be really cheap for the next three or four years who looks great who was a steal in the seventh round of the draft this guy doesn't look like a seventh round pick he looks like a first or a second round pick um how would you trade him for a 41 year old guy who's got like two months left on his contract um, why it, why it could just, the Cubs get him for for Chris Bryant? Like, yeah, what the hell? I, I, I mean, <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah, the guy. I, I said this to you, Jeremy, but any team would want this guy, assuming there's something. You know, maybe there's something we don't know about him, like personality wise. Yeah. But this guy looked like the real deal. Yeah, he looked re- very good. Um, so there's just on Twitter, there's all kinds of like notes about his performance. Um, but, uh, but yeah, one of the, like a, a very note, noteworthy performance as far as twins goes for, for sure. Um, Max Kepler had a couple home runs. He, uh, he drove in three runs, uh, two homers early on and man, he just missed a, th- a third homer, uh, ended up getting a double, um, on it. Um, Kyle Hendricks, uh, kind of a rough, rough, uh, first inning, um, and then allowed, ended up allowing four runs, three earned. But um, <clears throat> so the Cubs were down like basically three to two, and then I think four to two, and then they they fell back even five to two. Um, but in the ninth inning, they they like they made a game of it. They scored two runs and uh, had the tying run at uh, second base, I believe. Uh, yeah. Actually, third base, I think. They they did. Uh, Alex Colome, um he, he did everything he possibly could to blow a three-run lead, and he still couldn't. He still couldn't quite do it. A three-run lead with three outs to go in the game is a, is a hard thing to blow. But he almost yeah. he almost accomplished it. Um, but yeah, the the game ended up being it ended up being an exciting finish. Yeah, um, and, and so the crowd was getting into it, um, especially Bleacher Jeff. Um, if you've ever been to a Cubs game or you've heard maybe you've heard it on the broadcast, if you've heard someone banging <laughs> on the like on metal at the Cubs game, like a metal gate or a metal screen. That's Bleacher Jeff who's doing that. And so Bleacher Jeff, the reason why he sits right by that curve, like I said, right right in left field, and there's a board right there, uh, the video board, uh, that has a little strip that has, like, um, like the pictures, I think, on there or something, or it has, like, fun facts or whatever, or stats. But during a rally, Bleacher Jeff leans over onto the field of play and is banging this, like, thing. And it sounds like 
It sounds like someone hitting like a garage door or like banging like the side of a like aluminum trash can. It's like like just bashing this thing, and he's doing it like you know in a in a you know in a rallying type of cry, but it resonates throughout the whole field. And even when the stadium is packed, we've been there and, and you hear it like in the main bowl. Um, and for some reason, he's allowed to do it. Like no security guards tell him not to do it, but he's he's literally bashing the metal of the the video screen, like the protective screen. And it's like seems like it seems like you shouldn't be allowed to do that. And like <laughs> I, I feel like people have tried to do similar things and have been shut down, but. Not only is Bleacher Jeff allowed to do it, but the the old guy security guard who we talked to before about the guy who was like saying, "Yeah, hey, yeah, we drive seventy five here in the city." Like, um, that guy was he's like that's his corner, so he would basically be the one in charge of talking of like telling Bleacher Jeff to knock it off. When Bleacher Jeff is like banging it, we look over at the security guard and he's like banging his head along with the the the, the banging of the screen. And this is like an old guy in his like sixties, I would say. Um, and he's just like, he, he gets into it. And then not only is he like letting Bleacher Jeff do it, but, it, but it's actually like psyching him up a little bit. And he's like, he's just staring out blankly into the crowd, like watching people, but he's like banging his head every time Jeff bangs the screen, which is just like chaos, basically chaos. Yeah. And it's not like this is a small, a small thing. Like, you know, sometimes you got guys who do that loud whistle. Um, we, we've lamented, uh, about that on this podcast and you know, that's annoying, but this this banging, like you said, Jeremy, it it you can hear it throughout the entire stadium. It's very disruptive. Um, yeah. There's no way that the players don't hear it. Yes, um, right. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the left fielder hears it. Uh, the shortstop and third baseman probably do too, because um, it's coming from left. And I, I'm sure the pitcher hears it too. Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy. It sounds also like you know like at like a college football game when they'll bang the drums and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, that yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. Um, I just I can't believe uh, believe it's allowed to happen. Um, I, I will admit to not having noticed it super much, but now I certainly will when I'm at games. If Tom Ricketts was sitting in the bleachers though, there's no way he wouldn't be like, hey, like this needs to get shut down. Like there's no way that that that, that this could happen. Yeah. So it's it's <clears throat> very bizarre, and you know you'd think that at a major league baseball game they would be a little bit more buttoned up about that. Yeah. But uh, we, we were speculating that they might have like off season meetings to talk about this like should, should this be allowed next year and it's like i can't imagine that i can't just i can't believe that it's allowed so i would not be surprised if they shut it down ultimately but i feel like he's been doing it for more than just this season so i don't know um, um yeah yeah there there was uh this was towards the end of the game this might have been in the ninth inning but there was this this fucking scumbag like kid who was sitting sitting down the line um, in in the grandstand uh, down the left field line, yeah, little, and somehow he he, he we, had a ball and he somehow lost it over yeah. the over the railing. Yeah, this this ball like he's kind of like in the right in the left field corner, a little higher up, like several rows higher up than when like where the Bartman situation happened. So like high, where he's like at this point high above the field. But yeah, he just like dropped a ball on the field, and like almost as if like you know like you were like sitting at a picnic table and you dropped like a, a, a knife on the floor and then like you're like hey oh hey buddy could could you hand that to me you know like that or like uh but he dropped it on the major on the like a, on the major league field i think during 
during like play, they had to like pause. They had to like um, call timeout, and a security guard did run over and grab the ball. And then this this idiot like leans over and he's like, oh, "Right here, right here!" Like throw it, like throw it back, as if he's gonna get the ball back. Um, and so they they took the the ball away. But like the guy looked like he kind of looked like sideshow Bob a little bit. He had like black hair, but he had it was kind of shaved on the sides and like floppy on top and then the floppy hair was like kind of like bleach bleached or whatever um and he's just he looked like just a friggin like um just a little punk and like he somehow he dropped the ball and expected them to throw it back to him it's like no buddy like you're done you're, that that ball's gone and like he also should have been kicked out of the the stadium i don't think he did cuz i do think it was like in like the ninth inning or something so um but that was uh, super annoying um but yeah, so ended up uh, yeah the Cubs put it, put together a good rally. But um, Trace Thompson of all people, who's fucking starting for the Cubs, you know I don't I don't want to see um, uh, Jason Hayward anymore, um, especially after his stupid fucking uh, va- an- like anti-vax comments about like the the people in the crowd. Um, but I guess I should I guess I should um, you know watch what I ask for because now starting in right field is Trace Thompson for the Cubs, which is just. It's like, how did we get here, man? How did we? How did we end up here? <laughs> you know, we won this world. We won the World Series not that long ago, and like now, uh, Trace Thompson is the starting right fielder for the Cubs. So I don't know how it happened. Uh, I don't know what we did to, to, to get to this point, but um, but yeah, he struck out uh, to to end the game, of course. Maybe a couple bad calls there, but uh, but still, it's Trace Thompson. He's not getting any any close calls. Um, but uh, so so the game ends. Whatever. We're still like we're waiting like to kind of exit out. But the guys from the bleacher from the uh, bullpen come out, and they have a handful of balls, and they just start tossing balls into the crowd. And I had my mitt with me, and I was like trying to. I kept whenever there was a ball, I would put my mitt up. Um, the whole night, no one was had any interest in throwing us a ball. Uh, they would throw them to kids, or they would throw them like into the big crowd of people. But like Ian Happ, I feel like looked at me like well, once or twice, like with my with my glove up, and just chose actively chose not to throw the ball to me. Um, so at the end of the game, I think it was maybe Chad Noble who threw. Did you get a chance to, to see who threw the ball, Jack? It, it was not one of the uh, the the players. Right. I think it was is Chad Noble the guy with the, the black beard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was him. Yeah. Okay. So Chad Noble, uh, I guess he's a bullpen coach or whatever, um, or a bullpen catcher. He he threw the ball like to to my left, and I would say probably a good like you know six or seven seats down from me, or like spots down from me, and to to some people who were like maybe like two rows behind me, and he threw it to these people. They fucking biffed it, and the ball dropped and it landed right in our row, and I was already kind of moving over to that direction. Um, but then the ball landed right in our row and I started like kind of running over to grab it. But you know, it's like the ball was thrown to those people. Um, and so if they would have reached down to grab it, I would have like backed off, but like I started running and then I like looked and again, like I had to play it out in like in milliseconds and I saw the people hesitate. Like once they missed it, they didn't lunge for it right away. They kind of waited. So then I'm like, okay, fine. And I like, I sped up really quick. And then when they saw that I sped up, they tried to reach over, but I was still, I I was close enough. And so I just grabbed the ball and then I turned around and I ran back to Jack and there were some guys in like the first row. And I heard them say like, Oh man, just give it to him. Like, just give it to him. And I'm like, fuck you. You asshole. Like you, you probably already have a ball or you don't even care. Like what you have no, you have no say in this matter. Um, but I did certainly turn around and not look at those people because I did kind of steal their ball. Um, I did get back to Jack, and I'm like, okay, maybe we should go now. 
Yeah, so, you 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 wanted to get the hell out of there for sure. <laughs> and then you asked me, you're like, "Hey, do you do you think I like stole those guys' balls and stuff?" And I, I that ball, and I was like, I was like, "No, man, you're you're fine." But it was definitely uh, it was definitely real hard on your conscience. <laughs> it was. I had a moment there where I'm like, "Did I just? Did, what, yeah, was I? Was that a creepy thing to do or a sleazy thing to do?" But. But yeah, it's they weren't tr- they weren't kids, man. They were fucking adults, and the guy missed the ball. That's anybody's ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I I didn't even look at him to know that, but knowing that, I thought it might have been a girl, which also complicates things. But like, yeah, I, if it was just another guy in his twenties, fuck him. Like, it's like because if if I was that guy and I dropped the ball, the guy who caught the ball, who ran and grabbed it, they wouldn't be like, oh, uh, you know, you should probably get this. It was rightfully yours. Like, they wouldn't do that for me. So fuck it. Yeah, I, I don't give a I don't give a shit. Um, I did, uh, we, we did go to pee and I was like, mm-hmm. I was kind of like kind of winding down from grabbing that ball or whatever I did. I asked Jack if he wanted it just because of the whole Tim Anderson situation <laughs> from a couple of seasons ago. But, uh, Jack, uh, politely declined the ball. It's not quite, I, I don't, this one, you know, I don't have any, you know, special thoughts about it. Uh, it was it cool is, to- it is kind of cool, Jeremy. It's got some scuff marks on it. So yeah. you can tell it's, it was a BP ball, which is yeah. kind of cool. Definitely, yeah, that was cool. Um, you know, it's still not the the gamer. It's still not like catching one off the bat or a foul ball or whatever. But um, it's cool. It's always cool to just have a major league baseball. So um, if anything, if I ever go back to a, a Cubs game and I sit in the bleachers, I might bring that as a decoy. And then if I catch a home run ball, I'll throw back the one I got last night. Um, but uh, but we'll see. But uh, okay, so that was the game. Cubs lost. Uh, was it five to four? Yeah, five to four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it is what it is. Probably our last Cubs game of uh, the year, but uh, uh, and it was also would have been our last time trying to get um, autographs, which has really become. I don't know if this is for better or for worse, but it's really become the the story of this podcast. So, um, yeah. So we headed out to the the Twins bus to try to get some autographs. I can't help but think maybe I jinxed things, Jack, because this time I brought my own. I brought some Twins cards to get signed. Yeah, I, well, you know, you did, Jeremy, and I, I was looking for some too. That I, and all I could find was Kent Maeda and one Randy <laughs> Dobnak. Um, so, I, hey, I was going to bring some too. Um, I'll say this: this is the first time we've tried to get autographs on a getaway day. Yes. So I think that complemented things. In addition to the three bus, uh, uh, you know, in addition oh, yeah. to the three buses, there was also a uh, a big um, a big truck there with uh, a bunch of fucking, like, twins bags loaded in. So yeah. it, it was all their equipment, everything, which hasn't been the case the last couple times we've been there. So I think they were just – they played a two-game series. Teams probably don't like playing two-game series because they have to turn around and travel again. That's everybody. The players probably don't like it. The clubbies and all of the people who handle the, the equipment probably don't like it either. So everybody probably just wanted to get the hell out of Chicago, despite the fact that they had a, a good result. So we were kind of screwed – from the beginning convoy was the word i was looking for okay. anyway sorry yeah, yeah and i was gonna say box truck um <laughs> but uh but yeah so we we show up um and uh we were able to get there really quick because we were in the bleachers uh first guy we see at the bleachers is this like kind of kid like probably in his like early 20s or something maybe like maybe even late teens i don't know he looked pretty young but he was uh he was masked up and he was wearing a tory hunter jersey and a and a twins hat like he looked like a legit twins fan but he also didn't look like he was primed to try to get any autographs. He was kind of just standing there, kind of like in a daze a little bit. Um, but uh, but he came over. He, or he was there. Um, we kind of get over. There's kind of like a group of guys, like in their early 20s, these kind of like rowdy guys, uh, or loud guys at least. Um, 
and we, we, we get to a spot right along the barricade. Um, our old friend, the uh, security guard, the gun-toting security guard, uh, came by. The guy who was saying, like, I can't release that kind of public information, or I can't release <laughs> that kind of information. He was there, and uh, he came, like, we, we got into the spot, and he looked at us, and he's like, uh, hey, uh, you guys uh, trying to get some autographs? He's like, if, you, if you're trying to wait here to get some autographs, and you think you might be able to get some autographs, uh, I, I got to ask you to put your mask on, please, because the players won't come come near you if they if, if you don't have a mask on, which was not true for the last four times we tried to do it, but whatever. Nope. Um, so he, he has us put a mask on. I think that's a fair request. I actually, it's like if I was a player or a team or whatever, I would want the, my, the people to be wearing masks. Oh, yeah. Um, course some of them don't believe that uh, you know they have different beliefs altogether so yeah jake jake arietta would ask you to take it off yeah so. right exactly yeah he, he wouldn't sign if i was wearing a mask um but he's also <laughs> his ass has also been released so fuck him um but uh at one point i don't know jack i don't remember if this was right at the beginning or like later on but i did bring my my clipboard my my white Sox clipboard Jack's clipboard, folks. By the way, he 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 lost it. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know what I don't know what <laughs> happened to that clipboard, Jeremy. I've looked high and low for it. Oh man, that's not right. Do, do you think you might have left it at a game? It could it could be it could it could be at I a game. Wonder. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll magically turn up sometime. Well, folks, if you want to chip in and buy Jack another clipboard, uh, he may or may <laughs> not use it. I don't know. I, I per, guys, between you and me, I think he doesn't like the clipboard. But that's just that's just my thoughts. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I brought my clipboard. I actually retrofitted it with like these little notches so I can put a card. I could stick a card in there so guys can sign it. But the security guard did look at me and he's like, "Hey, you know." You're smart. You're 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 smart. And he's like, you you actually brought a clipboard. And he's like, you know, most of the people over here try to get autographs. You know, they they end up turning out bad because you know it's you can't sign an autograph. And he like pantomimes like signing it on his leg or whatever. He's like, you got a hard surface, man. That that's smart. That's smart. And I was like, uh, yeah, thanks, man. You know, just I try to be uh, try to come prepared. Whatever. Um, yeah. And again, I don't know if Jack, you know, took offense to that. Like, felt bad about that <laughs> one. But I did have my clipboard, so. Um, so yeah, so so that was cool. Um, but but really, what happened? And this happened like right. I see. This is why Jack. Jack, do you remember? Did the clipboard thing happen right away, or was that later on? The clipboard thing it, that happened early. That happened right away, right okay. when he saw you. Okay. Okay. So so then like um, pretty much like immediately after that, or at, at the same time that this was going on, um, I mean. The the okay so we should note that the bus driver is the same guy that we always see for each team each team I don't know if we mentioned that during the Pirates game but he's clearly the visiting team bus driver and but they give him like a different they give him that team's hat each time yeah funny. and he was wearing a, a World Series ring too um yeah. so he must just he must work for the Cubs and that's his job is to drive the visiting team's bus and I think you know they probably gave him like they did all their staff members. Uh, a World Series ring after after 2016. So right. he's there. He's there every game, um, and he wear, he wears the visiting team's hat too, which is kind of of a, a neat touch. Yeah, it's pretty funny. For some reason, this guy emerged. He's just. I think he, I don't remember if he said like, "Hey, you want to make a hundred bucks?" Or like, I don't know how he initiated. And Jack, stop me if you know how he did it either. But he just pulls out this box. It and it's like it's by this it's it's a it's by the this chip potato chip company Pocky, who um P A Q U I and uh, I've had their chips before they make they make hot chips and so he brings out this box and it's the one chip challenge I don't know if you guys are familiar with this but it's a thing like I think it's probably memed out like people probably do it on like YouTube or TikTok or something like it's a one chip challenge and like it's this incredibly spicy chip 
and it's one chip. That's how spicy it is. It's like, you know, I bet you can't eat this one chip. And it's like in it comes in a fucking box. I think the box is almost shaped like a coffin too. But like it's it comes in this box and it's individually wrapped. And this group of guys in like the early twenties, I'd say, um, were standing around the, the the fence, and it's like they're all wearing Cubs gear. And for some reason, this driver comes up to these guys and he's like, you know, hey. He was, like, holding the box, and they're like, oh, man, no way. Like, oh, hell no. Like, whatever. <laughs> and, like, and somehow, like, there was, like, money being put. Like, so, basically, it's, it is. it is. It's a one-chip challenge. So, like, you, you you eat this chip, and, like, you, you fucking burn your mouth, whatever. And so, some at some point, these guys were, like, betting their one their friend to do it. They're like, who wants to do it? Who wants to do it? And, like, they're like, you know, I got 100 bucks on it. It's like, I got 100 bucks, too. So, it was, like, 200 bucks if you eat this chip. And then the, the, this one guy emerged from the group of people. And he's like, oh, man, one ship, huh? Oh, man, hell no. Like, oh, but maybe, like, shit, I'll do it. Like, yeah, right, <laughs> I'll, fuck, I'll do it. And they're like, you you do it? You sure you're going to do it? And he's like, yeah, man, for 200 bucks? Yeah, for sure, man. And, like, but, like, so it, it just, I don't even know how to explain it, Jack, but, like, the guy, like, hemmed and hawed about it for fucking ever. For, like, 10 minutes. And yes. so, like, he 10, would... 15 he would, uh, minutes almost, I want to say. He, he would look at it, and he would kind of shake his head like, oh, man. But then he would act like he was going to open it again. And yeah. so, like, people, like, you know, everybody would turn their camera on, the, and then they would turn the it off. Including the security guard. The security guard, the guy with the gun, was holding his phone up to him and, like, recording him. And the, the driver, too. Yeah. Um, and so we were just like, how is this... There is a major league baseball team that is going to get a police escort to the airport that is about to come out into these buses. And the security guard and the bus driver, all of the security guards who were over there, there were like four security guards, and they were all gathered around this guy who was hemming and hawing about just this random, like, just lunkhead who he, was, like, hemming and hawing about eating the chip. They, and then he back, he completely backed off for, like, a couple minutes. Yeah. And then everybody was like, all right, he's not going to do it. But, and then somehow it picked up steam again. Yeah, but before before that, before he even did that, he's like he's just look. He just keeps looking at it. Like he's like like as if he was like looking at like a menu or something. Like oh, should I get should I get the uh, the prime rib or should I get the filet mignon? Should I do this? Should I do that? And he's like looking at the box. He's looking at the chip. There's like for some reason there's a booklet inside of the box, and he's like he keeps like reading this booklet. And I saw I saw him like flip it, and it's just like a big like kind of like letters that say like hot like one chip challenge or something like like what did he keep looking at but he was like he was trumping it up like like this whole thing but he went wait it seriously was 10 to 15 minutes that he was just flipping back and like like debating whether or not to do this at some point this fucking and these guys like they were like uh younger latino guys or whatever at some point this like older like white guy with like a gray with gray like a gray flat top and like a gray goatee he like just inserts himself into the group and he's like hey who oh, is he gonna do it i can't believe he's gonna do it and he's like oh man you can never get me to do it that's crazy and then he's like and then he goes like he's like i'll throw 10 bucks in there <laughs> it's like okay and then they're like okay now it's up to 210 <laughs> it's like okay great wow 210 he really moved the needle from two if he wasn't gonna do it for 200 he'll definitely do it for 210 uh, and so like the, the like other so then other cubs security guards are coming over and they're like Oh my God, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. And they're like, "Yeah, man." And then the, the guy with the gun was like, "Yeah, man, it's up to two hundred bucks." And I go, I go like, I go like two ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so a couple yeah a couple things about that first of all that that old the old guy who gave the 10 bucks and he stayed for like three minutes and then he just left yeah <laughs> so <laughs> disappeared. it was a huge waste of ten dollars but also like at this point yeah there were four or five other security guards over there and there, there was this one guy who he said to us he was kind of like yeah what's going on and then you told him that it was up to 210 he's like He's like, shit, for 210, I'll do it. Like, just give me the chip, I'll do it. Like, he was talking tough, but like, that guy wouldn't have fucking eaten that chip. There's no way. But he was like, shit, he was shitting on the guy who was like looking at at the thing. Um, So then finally, after much, um, you know, just after just just much back and forth, yeah, much ballyhoo about this, the guy opens, he finally opens the coffin and like he gets the chip out and then he just, he cannot, for the life of him, unwrap this thing. It's almost like uh, like one of those jokes where you buy somebody a really big present, but then you open up the box, and it's just a smaller box, and you open up that one, and it's another smaller box. It was just like he kept... There, there were just kept being layers and layers to unwrapping this yeah. chip. He, It was... The chip... Well, first of all, it was funny because the guy was like... he made, when, when he was in the process of hemming and hawing, he went to unwrap it, and the, the security guard with the gun is like... Whoa, don't unwrap it unless you're going to do it. And uh, then he, like, he eventually did do it. And it was, like, it was wrapped in, like, yellow, like, cellophane or, or aluminum or something. And he unwrapped it. And then it was still wrapped. There was still, like, another layer. And I think that, I don't think that was by design. I think the guy just fucking did something weird, like, and, and unwrapped it the wrong way. But then he finally unwrapped that layer. And he pulled it out. And, like, I don't know if the chip was broken or something. It was, like, broken in a bunch of pieces. Probably because he fucking handled it for so long. Um <laughs> But he, when he pull, finally pulled it out, it looked like a wad of, like, beef jerky or something. Like, it was like kind of like a stack of, like, broken chip pieces, I think. But even before that, um, a th- another security guard comes over and he's like, Hey, man, after you do it, man, use this. And he pulls a thing of hand sanitizer. Like a, a bottle of, like a pump bottle of, like, that gel, that alcohol gel hand sanitizer. And he's like, all right, all right. He's like, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, whatever. And so then he pulls out... he. He unwraps the chip. He pulls it out. He's holding it like a wad of beef jerky. And then he's like looking. He's looking at everyone. He's kind of got like these these big eyes. Like kind of like, yeah, watch what, watch, watch what the hell I'm going to do. And then like he shoved it in his mouth. And he started. He was like talking as he was saying it. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like and like a, one piece of it like flew out of his mouth. I saw that. But so he, he if you're if you're okay with me doing the, the play by play on here. Sure. He, he, he shoves it in his mouth. He puts his hand out. The guy squeezes hand sanitizer in his hand. He starts rubbing it and he goes, I'm out. And then he just, he starts, he puts it in his mouth, starts chewing and he's like, I'm out. And then he just turns around and just walks off into the night down Addison Street. Uh, Not without his money. Yeah, without the money, without anything. He's just like, he's just like, I'm out. And like, like you, the only thing I could think is that like he got a couple bites. He felt the increase, like the extreme heat of it and was like, oh shit. And he's and instead of saying like oh no and then run off with like steam coming out of his head he like he's just like oh my man and then he just like walks away and then like the guys were like oh man I, I saw him spit it like the the security guards were like no man he he spit it out he's going to spit it out and then the one guy's like no he's not no he's not and he's like hold on hold up I'm going after him and then one of his friends runs down fucking Addison like towards Clark and like with his phone. And, like, you see the guy, like, just disappearing into the distance. And the, the security guards are like, no, man, he spit it out, man. I saw him. He spit it out. And the guy was like, uh, 
the guy comes back and, and then, so like, so he just disappears. And I, I said out loud, I'm like, well, didn't see that happening <laughs> because like of all the things that could have happened, I didn't expect him to do it and then leave, which is like, <laughs> no one wanted that because you, you wanted to see him react to it. That's a whole thing. He, so he did it and then he fucking just walks off and it was just like, what the hell was that? That made no sense whatsoever. He did it, but he didn't even get claim his money. Like, what the hell? What? I mean, these people are boneheads. And so he just disappears. The friend comes back and they're like, oh man, come on. He spit it out. He's like, no, 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 no. I got a video. Check it. And like, I guess they watched, they all huddled around his phone and watched this video of the guy swallowing it, I guess. Yeah. It was like, it was like instant replay. They had to go to New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the video guy comes out and the, the umps gather around him. But like, so, so they watch it and they're like, oh man, that was crazy, man. And like, uh, then they start saying like, I don't know, like where the hell did he go? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and then one guy goes like, that was my ride home. Um, so that was a kind of a funny moment. But then, but then one guy goes like, Oh no, no, hold on. I I'm tracking him on my phone. Let me check. And then like, he's like, he pulls it up and he could see his location and he's like, Oh, he's on Clark now. He's on Clark now. And then like a minute goes by and he's like, man, I don't know where this guy's at. He's at Moe's cantina. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Um, and then the one, the other guy said, who said it was my ride home. He was like, he, he went, like, so this guy went, like, west on Addison, and he points, like, southeast, and he's like, his car's that way. I don't know what he's doing going that way. Um, and it was just kind of chaos, and, like, it was just such a weird, it was so anticlimactic because the guy did it but then disappeared. Um, at some well, point, oh, go ahead. I, I think that it, it was almost, it was perfect that he, he disappeared yeah. in a way um, because th- there was so much buildup. And he, uh, the way he said, I'm out, he was like, I'm out. Like, like he tried to be cool about yeah, it. Yeah. But like you said, Jeremy, um, I, I think it was because the, the, the heat from that chip was just instantaneous in his mouth. And like, yeah. he knew he needed to get the fuck out of there. Uh, I, I think this is an example of what they, what you would call toxic masculinity. <laughs> like he didn't want to, he didn't want to look soft yeah. in front of everybody. But like the guy was, he was fucked up, which we would later later see when he came back. So I, I think it was more, more to do with like he he bit into it and realized like oh shit that was a bad idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so in the meantime, like I don't know if people were like people were still talking about it and they're like shit man like you know like I would have done it or something. Someone said something like I would have done it. At some point, the driver walks away, walks back onto the bus. And he pulls out another fucking chip. He had like another one. So this guy just has like a box of these things. And so I, so, okay, so whatever. So, so that happened. Um, and you know, they're like, oh shit, he's got another one. No one, no one did it again. That was never a thing. At this point the the twins play, like people did start coming out. Um, it, it turns out that like the bus that was nearest to us was like pretty much for like personnel, not for any like players or coaches really. Um, so like I said, like, or like, we didn't really say it, but like the twins players were going into like the second and third buses, like all the way on the other end where we were. So like we had this decision to make with like, if we should go over there or not get out, it just, it, it was like not happening. Um, so that was kind of a bummer, but, um, but some, some twins personnel kind of came out. I think what ends up happening is like, what well, I think what the deal is, is that that guy has those chips and maybe he tries to get some of the players to do it sometimes or something like just as like a, a conversation piece to fuck around with people. And I feel like he might've told the twins people earlier when he was driving them to the stadium that he had this chip because of what happened next. But at one point the, we're, so we're all still standing around kind of like 
processing what happened. And like the guy goes like, yo, yo, check it out. He sent a picture or, or like he FaceTimed or something. And they said like, oh man, his eyes look like all swollen shut. Like they were all like, 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 <laughs> like red and like watery and like swollen, like really thin. And they're like, oh man, he's fucked up. And like, they're like, I think he like touched his eye or something. And so like, that was all crazy. So I don't know. Like the, again, the twins players are coming back or whatever. And like a couple guys get on this first bus uh, with the chip guy. Uh, and they were clearly like front office guys or video guys or trainers or something. Um, but they're on the bus and like they disappeared on the bus. We couldn't really recognize any of them. But at some point, the chip guy comes back and he comes back and he's holding a gallon of milk, like a, a, a yeah, like a, like a huge gallon of milk. And um, so he had obviously gone into some store and bought a fucking gallon of milk and was like chugging it. And he comes back and he's like holding his like arms in the air like Hulk Hogan, like like making like the 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 biceps, the bicep curls. But in one hand, he's like curled up the the, the gallon of milk on top of his bicep, and he comes big, back all big, like and hard. Like he's like, yeah, man, yeah, like you know, and uh, holding the. But but he's also holding a gallon of milk because his mouth is burning. Yeah, um, yeah. He's like he was like, no, no, I'm good, bro. I'm good, but like he's he's cradling this milk in his arms like it's his uh, like it's his, it's his newborn son that he's holding for the first time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And his, his eyes looked like uh, like in a cartoon, like when a character's neck gets squeezed too hard and their <clears throat> eyes start to pop out of their head. Yeah. That's what this guy's eyes look yeah. like. They were secure- red as as hell, and they're and they were watery. Like he was crying. It looked like he was like fucking. You know, he just like his cat just getting run over by a car or something like he was crying and like like his eyes were beat red yeah that security guard said uh to us he's like yeah he's gonna get 200 dollars, but he might uh, have to spend the night in the emergency room and that was like (laughs) well he was gone (laughs) like when the guy came back the guy was he was not too far off from maybe having to go to urgent care so yeah uh yeah (laughs) he was the guy was not in good shape and if that guy was somebody's ride, I would not have wanted to get a ride home from that guy. No, I feel like his envision, his vision must have been somewhat impaired from 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 his eyes watering. But so you know, we we did see a couple of guys get on the the twins bus um, earlier, like probably like you know five ten minutes earlier, and then they come. So then at some point, when once the the, the milk guy comes back, you see these guys like the bus driver gets on the bus, and a couple of the guys from the twins traveling party are like looking, and they got off the bus. And I think the the bus the, the the one of the twins guys walks over. And he's like, "Oh, this is the guy who ate the chip." And like they come over and they're like, like they come over to the guy and they start like talking to him. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I ate the chip. I ate the chip. Whatever." Like, <laughs> like the fucking twins, the ple- the people who tra- work for the Minnesota Twins come out and they start trying to look at the fucking milk guy. I did hear the milk guy say it something like, "He's like." Hey, uh, they were people were calling for players as they were coming, and he's like, "Hey, sign my gallon of milk or whatever." Oh um, God! But but like but these twins guys were were like in awe of the chip guy, so like that that made me like feel like the bus driver might have mentioned it to them earlier on, and he's like he's like, "Hey guys, like I actually got someone to eat the chip, like he's out here," and then they wanted to like see him or whatever. But then and yeah. then like at some point like a group of these are like of like a, a two couples like two guys and two girls who looked like they were out at a bar or something like a Wrigleyville bar they wandered over and they were like oh is this the twins bus and then like we're like yeah 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 and then like later on i like and then like a minute later i heard them say like oh you ate the chip you ate the chip and like these like so other people in the crowd were coming over to this guy too and it's like this guy was like a fucking celebrity um for eating this chip so it's like 
yeah, man, maybe if we would have ate the chip, you know, maybe Joe Ryan or Byron Buxton would have came over to us and like tried to talk to us instead of the other way around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you really get the perspective of it is a long season, 162 game season. And these guys who are in these traveling parties with the players probably get bored and just like, you know, look for things to entertain themselves on the road. And this is definitely that that kind of thing. Um, I I bet if we would have run into those people like, you know, uh, the Aramisio people who were excited about his autograph from a couple episodes ago it's like you would have been like yeah that's the guy that ate the hot chip and the guy would have been like oh yeah the guy who ate the hot chip um that (laughs) that was like how the twins guy reacted you know so there you go um symmetry for sure um so at some point those guys took off um jack we can we can blow by this next guy really quick because he was just just a general like kind of nuisance but we we did start talking to this one like nerdy autograph guy who was like there to try to get a couple twins autographs and we we were we were talking to him he had a friend in a white Sox hoodie which does not seem like the best way to get twins autographs like i was wearing a south bend cubs hat but like i don't know i feel like i would have been in a better shape than a white Sox guy but he was like telling us about he's like yeah i'm trying to get some graphs or whatever um and uh he's like um, he said he used the term grapher. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah. you guys go graphing like often or over here or something. Um, but he was like talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, there's a Twitter account where you can check teams flight information, which is like, Jesus, man, that's kind of creepy. Like <laughs> definitely trying to definitely taking it like a step too far. But also he, he also just didn't know anything about the players. No, he was he was a wannabe grapher, um, yeah, or sure. just a, just a complete amateur. Obviously, had, had just kind of started started off doing it. But every time we would be like, "Oh yeah, I think that's uh, Sano," he'd be like, "Hey, Maggie!" Right. Like, dude, you need to. First of all, you're wrong. But also, you need to. Uh, this guy had no chill. He would just scream at these players. Yeah, yeah, and not in an inviting way either. It was like, "No, Maggie, Maggie!" Like it's like, gee, like no fucking guy would walk toward towards that sound. Like, no, you would walk. You would walk if not run away from from someone yelling that. Um, but like, yeah, like I saw Alex Colome, and like I was like, I misspoke, and I'm like. Oh, is that Miguel Sano? I'm like, no, 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 that's Alex Colomay. But all he heard was Miguel Sano. And then he starts going, Miggy, Miggy. And he runs up to like the fence. And like, it's like, okay, well, that's done. Like, you know, we blew that. And then there was a guy like that came out and J- Jack said like, oh, is that Donaldson? Because he had like the Donaldson kind of haircut. But like, I didn't think it was Donaldson. Yeah. And this guy, was, this guy was just like, hey, Josh, Josh. And it was like, Jesus, man. Like, and then, then, then Donaldson actually did come out. Um, like a minute, a couple of minutes later, and Jack was like, "Oh no, that's Donaldson." And then, uh-huh. then the guy came back and he's like, "Oh, I fucked up that last time, man." <laughs> he's like, "I thought that was Donaldson. I really fucked up on that last one." It's like, "Yeah, dude, because you don't know shit." Um, at some point, and, and this guy was just annoying. And then, like he, then when, when Buxton came out and Buxton left, he's like, "Okay, we're out." And then, and then he like, then they just took off or whatever. But there, at some point, there was like this fucking like gross fucking like just like sloppy looking like cub or white Sox fan that came over like a little <laughs> this, this t-shirt was stretched out a little bit he had like curly hair that was ratty curly hair sticking out of his hat and like a white Sox cap and a white Sox shirt and like he came over jack do you remember what he said to the people uh yeah so first of all he was with an entourage of other white Sox fans and they yeah. had an l flag that they yeah. were just walking around wrigleyville with and this guy this the uh the gross white Sox fan that you uh 
that you alluded to, he was like, he says to these, uh, the Twins fans, he's like, he's like, hey, like, uh, oh, so you got, yeah, you guys swept the, the Cubs, huh? Hey, join the club. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't even say, Jack, you're doing him a, a service with that, with the with the bass tenor in your voice there. Uh, yeah, it was more like, yeah. oh, you guys swept the Cubs too? Oh, join the club. <laughs> it was like, oh, you fucking fucking louse get out of here man and and he didn't get out of there he stood by the thing like he we moved at some point and he stood where we were sitting standing before and the guy the security guard told him to put them put a mask on um and he's like oh sure no problem and like he put the mask on and like he's just standing there um but then these people with the l flag were like taking pictures and another different cub security guard was like talking to him and he was like yeah, and he was kind of like talking shit about him. He's like, "Yeah, you guys won, you know, ten years ago, but we won like five years ago, whatever. Or like they won sixteen years ago, I guess." But he's like, "Yeah, you guys won, but we won, you know, only five years ago." And like he was like trying to like talk sense into him, but they were boneheads. Um, well, yeah. Here, here's the thing, Jeremy. Um, this guy was like all happy for the twins. He's like, "Oh, you, you guys swept the uh, the Cubs too." But if there was a team this year that White Sox fans should hate, it should be the Twins. Yeah. The, the Twins and the White Sox had more beef than almost any two teams, other two teams in, in the league this year. There was the, the Ostadio thing, the Josh Donaldson thing. Like, those teams did not get along this year. The Twins threw at the White Sox for the Ostadio thing. It was a big story. So if there's one team that the White Sox fans should want to lose the rest of their games, yeah. it should be... The twins. They certainly shouldn't be like. If if you're a Sox fan, you certainly shouldn't be waiting outside of the for the Twins bus uh, at a non-White Sox game at a Cubs Twins game to see the Twins. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, it's it's just fucking stupid. It's just it's like White Sox fans. I think are more happy when the Cubs lose than when the White Sox win. It's just dumb. It's the same thing with fucking bears fans like if they went 14 and 2 but they lost two games to the pa- the packers they would consider that like a, a a failure of a season like it's just stupid like uh rivalry that that doesn't matter like and yeah the white Sox fans should not be giving one shit about the cubs right now but they can't help themselves so <laughs> i don't know man it's a lost cause but um so you know it's another speaking of lost causes um <clears throat> It just was not happening with the autographs. It was it was kind of a bummer. Like they were just all going to this far bus. We were debating whether we should go down there, but then we would still be kind of far down. But at this point, so many guys had come. We were like, there might be a, a chance that we might get just a couple guys at the end. So let let's just fucking try it because nothing else was happening. So we walk all the way down past all the buses to the to the last bus. And there's a there's a security there's like a security guard there and a fence. There was a there was a fence in between the second and third bus and most of the players were getting on the third bus. And that maybe would have been the spot to to stand at, but we also felt like we would have been kicked out of there if we stood over there cuz it's just like it's just too close access and like there wasn't a security guard there. So, you know, if we wanted to rush the gate we, we, we probably would have got to a player before a security guard got to us. Um, so that wasn't a great spot. I didn't feel great about that. So we went all the way to the back of the third bus, which actually probably was a better spot to be standing in. But like, it's just, it was too hard to tell. Um, yeah. And like, we, we just didn't know the terrain, but we got there. We, we did walk by and Anderson Simmons was getting on the bus. He definitely looked at us, Jack, right? He did. Yeah. He, he looked at us, which was kind of cool or not. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, but, he I don't looked, know. He, but he looked at us. Yeah. Um, but then we get, so we get to the back of the bus 
And, uh, and there's another security guard there and he's kind of looking at us weird and we're standing a little bit further away. Cause we don't want to just, I just didn't want to walk over and be like, keep walking boys. You know, like I just didn't want to be yeah. like rejected. And that's clearly, that's what, that's what his body language kind of said. That's what his look, he had these, like these big eyes and he was like kind of looking at us like, Oh, what the fuck are you guys going to try to do? You know, like I'll fucking knock you, I'll fucking take you out or something. And it was like, it was weird. But then we were like, we saw some guys coming, and so we kind of like approached a little bit. And the guy like looks at us and he's like, he's like, you guys trying to? He he actually like puts like the pen sign in the air, like like asking for a check. But he's like, you guys trying to get autographs? And we're like, yeah, we you know we were gonna try to see if we could get some. He's like, yeah, man, yeah. He's like, and again, Jack, correct me if I get this wrong, but he's like, you uh, you guys got a business on eBay? And we were like. <laughs> We're like, nah, 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 nah. We just do it for fun or something. And, and like, we thought that this guy was gonna was trying to fuck with us. Like, we thought if we answered the wrong, this is what I thought. Like, if I answered the wrong, the question the wrong way, he would be like, "Get the fuck out of here, you fucking money grubbing pieces of shit," you know. Like, but he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you, what, what you guys, you guys try to get autographs." He's like, "You get everybody, you, you get." He was asking such weird questions. He was like, "Yeah, you guys get everybody. You get the Cubs. You, you only get the Twins. Like, you only get the visitors. Like." Yeah, he's like, do you do this for a living? Like, do you, do you do you come every game? It was weird. He was asking us all these weird questions. Yeah, and and then he started saying he was like, yeah, yeah, I got like I got friends who do it, man. They just they, they like they get all these autographs and they just they sell them. And he's like he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can come to the game, like you can come to the game, but you got to make some money, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yeah. You can just go to the game. Yeah. And actually, you're kind of a bad person if you're making a living off of these guys' autographs. Um, right, which some people I mean, may do, yeah. Yes, some people do it, and okay, sure, but like, I, I don't necessarily think that's like an honorable I, honorable living. I wouldn't be super... Uh, I wouldn't be super thrilled to like tell somebody that that was my main source of income was like getting <laughs> players' autographs and then selling them on eBay. Yeah, no, for 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 sure. And like, you know, we we've we've got we talked about it last episode like the scruples of of being an autograph hound. But certainly like the guys who like get multiple autographs and then s- clearly are getting like eight autographs so they could sell them, like at least seven of them, if not all eight. Like those people are pretty scummy. I would say uh, people who are getting one for their collection are maybe just, just kind of dorky, like baseball fans, whatever. But this guy was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. You go to games. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, every, people are, people are making a lot of money, you know, on the big three, like getting them to sign those jerseys. And I was like, what, what jerseys, what jerseys? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you get them on those jerseys, man. I was like, what? Like, but then he's like, you know, you know, the big three, he's like, hey, he's like, who are the big three? Right. And we were like, what? Like what? And, and he's like, Brian, or he's like, he's like, Rizzo, Baez, and he, and then, and he's like, and the, you know, the other guy in big three, and I'm like, Brian, he's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, yeah, people, you know, people made a lot of money off those guys or something, getting their autographs. But yeah, he did say that thing. He's like, yeah, you go to the game to have fun, but you got to make money too. It's like, what? yeah, like that was fucking weird. And the whole thing, like the whole reason why that guy is there is to not let people get autographs. I feel. No. And then when the players came out, he's like, Hey, just, just yell, just yell at him, man. Right. At first he goes like, at first he goes like, I don't know, man over here, you know, it's kind of dead. You know, I don't know if, I don't know if this is a place to be. And then like, and then he's like, but yeah, man, if you see a player, man, just yell at him, you know? (laughs) 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 And then, and then of course, like, so then like almost as soon as he says that we see Williams, Ostadio and Miguel Sano coming out. And I do, I yelled like, Willie, Willie. And he like looked over at me and then he just fucking got right on the bus. Um, but then, but then the guy goes, the guy, the guy goes like, 
Yeah, well, now you know where to come next time. <laughs> it's like you went from saying that. And first of all, it clearly was the spot to be. He's like, nothing much going on over here. And again, we were like, is he playing games with us? Is he trying to talk us out of standing here? But then like as soon, but then he told us to yell for the guys. And then like as soon as they came, he's like, yep, now you know this is the place to be. It's like, you just said it wasn't the place to be. So like, I don't know what the hell was, was up with that. It was just so weird. And we were just like, well, it's over. Like, And then the buses did leave, actually. As soon as Miguel Sano was the last guy to get on the bus, as soon as he got on the bus, they're like, all right. The one driver gave the signal and then they like they they turned on the ignition and drove off. Um, but it was weird that encounter with that guy was super weird. Yeah, Jeremy, and, and you know it was almost too perfect too because like he was too he was too much of an advocate for for autograph scum like us. You know, um, it, it was like it's like at the end of the movie Dumb and Dumber when they're you know they're carless and they're they're just walking along the freeway and that bus of models pulls up and they're like hey like you know we're looking for two guys to like hire full time to like oil up our bodies before modeling shows and they're just like yeah they just say something like yeah well we saw two guys like over that way who would do it um <laughs> and then and then they're like man those guys are going to be really lucky it's like that's like the situation <laughs> we encountered with this security guard where it's like most security guards are like hey guys like you know, just, you know, you can get autographs, but just be cool. This guy was like, hey, man, come on, like, just get closer. Like, just yell at the guys. <laughs> it was like, it was it was so, so perfect for us and for what we wanted that it was almost kind of off-putting. Yeah, no, it was. It was weird. It was almost like a sting. It's like, yeah, why don't you just go rush them to get an autograph? And then as soon as we stepped past the barricade, it's like, you're, you're like, you're going, you're under arrest, motherfucker, right? And then, like, <laughs> slam yeah. us to the pavement or something. But, like, again, it's like, this general buffoonery of these security guards, like doing the one chip challenge, this guy fucking talking to us about how we have to make money and yell at the players. It's like because of the goofiness of these security guards, that's the only reason why we can get autographs is because they're not better at their jobs. Like they should be kicking people out. They should be telling people, hey, there's a fucking pandemic going on. These players have to play every day. Put a fucking mask on or get the fuck out or don't eat or just get the fuck out. Like that's what should be happening. Yet we're, we're there and we're like talking to these players and stuff and Fucking, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah. Jacek from uh, Poland is getting uh, uh, Derek Shelton's autograph. Like, it, it, you know, it's it's chaos basically. It, it it is, and you know, this is a a traveling party that gets a motorcade and like special access to, to an airport. Like, they have like three pol- state police cars escorting these buses. This is serious business. There's hundreds of millions of dollars inside those buses in terms of players and uh, you know personnel and equipment like it's it's big it's big business it's big stuff and yet these security guards are just are just boneheads yeah they're so doing it's, uh, they're eating hot chips and videotaping it yeah it's 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 mind-blowing um so finally we uh we just decided to call it quits because they left so we walked uh we walked uh up waveland uh over to clark street so we passed the the cubs parking lot and we, we, we hung around there to see if there were any last stragglers from the Cubs. We did see David Ross. Um, there was like a Nico Horner fan club that was just like sitting out. There was just like a family with a We Love Nico Horner sign. Yeah. But, um, they, you know, Ross came out to his car. He was being he was with somebody or he was being escorted by somebody. And they yelled at Ross. They're like, we love you, Grandpa, or something. And he's like, he's like have a good night, you know, in that, in that <laughs> David Ross voice. Um, so that was, that was funny. He definitely sounded like David Ross. And then Jed Hoyer came out to walk to his car. 
Um, he J- Jed Hoyer pranced out. He had an orange vest on. Jeremy, he looked like if Marty McFly was playing on the Field of Dreams, but then he stepped over the rocks and got old. Like <laughs> that's what that's what uh, Jed Hoyer looked like. He was dressed like Marty McFly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you just jump ship? Um, could I ask him that? <laughs> But uh, Jack Jack did a pretty funny uh, like preening like prancing uh, st- like step of of Jed Hoyer again. If this were a video podcast, you could see Jack's uh, Jed Hoyer impression. But it basically consisted of his nose stuck way far up in the air and just kind of walking like with a with a cocky bounce in his step, basically. Oh. Definitely. And yeah, Jeremy, it, it, sometimes it is a shame that we were not a visual medium, too, because I would have liked to see both of our impressions of that guy with the hot chip hemming and hawing and just yeah. like looking at it <laughs> and just shaking his head yeah. and just like reading the thing. <laughs> that would have been that would have been awesome, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, listen, Jack, it's been I, I fear after that first time going to the bus during the Brewers game, I feared. I think I said the fateful words like this. Watch this podcast evolve into just a, like a bus recap and i i fear <laughs> that the 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 second sh- shift like the shift of this podcast this these last couple of months has been the bus i fear that it might that we're we're, we're trending towards that direction um but uh we we definitely got some great great material uh hanging out by the buses at cubs games and um it's sad that this is going to be the last one of the season uh for for wrigley but um uh, I, I look forward to uh, getting right back out there next year and doing it again. Oh, yeah. It's it's where the derelicts go, for yeah. sure. Um, and us. Nice. Well, we, we are almost, <laughs> yeah, like us. So we are right about at two hours almost exactly. Uh, nice. So we're going to call it quits for this week. Um, but we're going to a Chicago White Sox game versus Cincinnati Reds next week, Wednesday. Permitting. So, yeah, weather permitting. Hopefully hopefully, hopefully it doesn't rain. Um, so, yeah, that's we'll have one more game for you uh, if everything goes according to plan. So until next week, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Bye.